everyone. Welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the Espionation Network. And joining me tonight is the Chief Inspector, Brenda McAlinden. The Commissioner, Jude Seymour, is... Uh, he's out of commission uh, for at least a little while. He may, he may join us here in a bit. Uh, but Brendan, uh, man, I just got to ask you... Have you set your home run in recalls back? Well, uh, funny you should mention that. Uh, I had a home run in in the grocery cart on my uh, last Thursday. And like I was I was going through the thing and I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll just get some French bread pizzas instead. And I put it back and I got the French bread pizzas, the Stouffer French breads, uh, three meat. And um Boy, I might have saved my family's life. Now, don't say that. Don't say that. I mean, home home run did the 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 uh, responsible thing. Uh, the ones that I have are not recalled, so that's good news. <laughs> they did the responsible thing, but I mean, <clears throat> Capri Sun just issued a, a a big recall today too. I mean, you are hitting hard when you're talking about uh, the best frozen pizza out there and the best. Uh, uh, juice box, juice pouch out there being recalled. That's that's a massive hit. Yeah, I mean, uh, all, all across America, families after soccer games. Uh, I mean, if the only thing that could hit harder than a than a frozen pizza, a Capri Sun, is if also you were to tell me that there was like a E. coli outbreak on a shipment of orange oranges <laughs> of the of the. Uh, uh, so, right? Yeah, just it would be brutal, <laughs> crushing to the post soccer family uh, life style. <laughs> well, which is all living. Oh, we're not here to talk about soccer. We are here to talk about the University of Notre Dame and their football team, American football. Uh, man, dude, it's. We are creeping on a come up, uh, to quote uh, Cleveland's favorite sons, uh, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. It's getting close, buddy. We're almost there. I mean, we're starting to get to the the part of um, the off season where the polls have come out. Obviously, uh, that's very exciting. Everyone is arguing about the polls. Uh, I, I don't know what argument I like more. Um, because I like all of the arguments, but the people who argue to abolish polls altogether or um, poll placement, uh, whether whether or not those arguments are uh, are my favorite. But but definitely at all things polls sign me up for because I love them. Love them. I'm team poll. Are no, you team, I, you're team polls, right? I uh, fuck. Yeah, I am. Well, what what will we what will we scream about? I mean, come on. There's media blackouts. Uh, from, from programs all over the country because uh, everyone's so goddamn paranoid. Uh, what else would we be yelling about unless it was polls? But before we get to the polls, I, I got to ask you, Brendan, are you are you ready for the season? I mean, are you like like so, like some people like have a list of like books or television shows or uh, or list of activities with their family, like things to get done, I just or maybe just a honeydew list, things to get done before we get there. Are, do you have those? And and if you do, are you are you close? Yeah, I checked. Uh, um, so Chrissy and I talked about this last week. Um, 
before we made our trip to the we made our, our trip to Lake Michigan, um, spent the day there, and that was like which the be- final which beach? South Haven. I mean, we're South okay, Haven. Yeah, we, 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 we tried going, going up there last weekend. Uh, got rained on. We ended up in New Buffalo instead, though. That's not bad. I uh, I got stuck in New Buffalo when we got kicked off the train to Chicago for my bachelor party. <laughs> it is such a, a touristy, trappy city. There's nothing there. No, we got a. If I recall correctly, the cops told us to take a uh, a charter bus to uh, like Four Winds or Four Feathers Casino or something. I don't remember. I was very drunk, uh, but we made it to Chicago nonetheless. But yeah, that's nice. my that's my new Buffalo experience. Yeah, we got so all got of your- our. Yeah, we got all our summer stuff done there's some back to school shopping still left but but other than that i mean we're primed and ready to go it is it is go time yeah i have i have a backpack that's shipping from spain uh dylan wanted a a particular backpack red is his favorite color and hicksville's school colors are red uh red black and white uh and you couldn't get it anywhere finally found it on a website and it turns out this was in spain Matador uh, Red, yes, of course. Apparently, it's been in Chicago since the ninth, uh, and they can't find it. So, <laughs> yeah, so that is like the only real pitfall uh, so far for the preschool stuff. But yeah, knock. You know, we had a long little league season, and so we we've spent like the last few weeks like sneaking a bunch of shit in, like an extra a uh, couple beach trips, uh, going canoeing. Um, you know, just trying to get some stuff in that 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 we had to kind of put off because of you know how much baseball and, and stuff we were had during the during the summer. So I think we're all caught up. We do we do have the Defiance County Fair coming up next week because oh, yeah, the kids kids at Hicksville don't start school until after the fair is over with. Uh, so yeah, I think that's I mean that's it, man. Now it's you know daughters in volleyball. The boy uh, luckily the boys had a reprieve. They didn't start football for. Um, for the younger ages, Ryan's going to fifth grade and Dylan will be in first grade. That doesn't start until September. Um, so we kind of got a little bit of reprieve there, but man, oh, well, the, the boys are playing in a, in a wood bat tournament next weekend. So just kind of sneaking it all in. Uh, but I'm nowhere near ready for the website. <laughs> <laughs> like there is no spreadsheet for, for assignments or any of that stuff right now. It's, uh, I, I think maybe I'm just waiting on, uh, on Christ himself to come down and just kind of like hand me the, hand me the sheet so I could give it to everybody. But, uh, but isn't that how it goes for you though? Like one minute it's not there. And then you find (laughs) inspirato the next minute. And then it all just like explodes into place. That's very much my MO. I think, I think you, you, Peg, you pegged me pretty well there. <laughs> so it's it's generally – I generally work better under pressure as it is. Uh, so, like, if you ever get an email from me saying, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll get back with you here in the next day or so, it's going to be a week. But it's going to be a hell of an email. <laughs> Trust me on that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it'll all, be, it'll all work out. It'll all be fine. It's all going to be great. So, but we're all – Sitting here getting ready for the season, and, um, and yeah, I think we're all excited. Um, but before we move on, buddy, 
Got some yeah. reviews to give. Got, oh, got boy. a review tonight. <clears throat> Just a reminder, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave, we will read on the next of the podcast. And I got to say, I I hesitate to, to read this because this is really all about Jude, and Jude is not here tonight uh, at this moment. But I'm going to read it anyways, knowing that, hoping that Jude listens to the podcast. Maybe we'll see if it's Lazy Web Jude. We won't even tell him that the whole review was about him and see if he says something in our DMs. See if we can trick him. Uh, but got, got a, a five-star here tonight uh, from Kyle from Troy. Says, drinking noises and loud chewing. That could be anyone. <laughs> These guys are everything you want. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are everything you want in a Notre Dame podcast. Four-letter words. Jude not understanding how a mute button works. Constant banner about green jerseys, which I'm completely here for, and somewhat intelligent chat about our favorite football team. Keeping with the breakfast theme, this podcast is the greasy diner with riding all over the ways in the bathroom, probably a hole drilled into the side of the stall too, and cheap food that's available 24 hours a day. If you can't handle that, go down the street and eat your family-friendly friendly IHOP breakfast because they said something your kids shouldn't hear. They'll hear it soon. You might as well expose them with the smooth vibes of the OFT boys. I hope to see Jude at the game in the carrier in the carrier dome. So maybe I can help him realize the lovely magic of a mute button. P.S. This is totally a family friendly podcast. P.S.S. Tacos will forever be vastly superior to burritos, and I'm not here to argue it whatsoever. Truth. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't agree with IHOP. Being all that family friendly, there the IHOP in Fort Wayne is, a lot is of very fights. stripper friendly. It, it, it's very stripper friendly. Um, a, uh, which is which is great. A stripper needs a place to eat when she's done with her shift, um, and IHOP is right across the street. Uh, but uh, family friendly, I, I'm not sure how far I go down that. I've seen some shit go down in an IHOP. Uh, it's not that you don't get the heavy metal concert like you do at Denny's. Uh, but it's, uh, it's certainly seen some things. Maybe, uh, I'm trying to think of some big boy, maybe he's friendly, friendly. Um, there's some other podcasts though, where you could go where like, it might be more family friendly, but like after listening to it for 75, 60 to 75 minutes, you want to put yourself in a wood chipper feet first as they've just like hit you with the doomiest of gloom. Like and, like an Applebee's. Yeah, like it's sort of like an Applebee's. The season hasn't even started or yet. Not, or an Olive Garden. You, you got me hot to trot. Yeah, like an Olive Garden. Like that pasta is just so unsalted and incapable of retaining any of the pasta sauce that has been placed on it. It's almost like the floor is lava with the pasta sauce, with the pasta because it doesn't want to stick to the sauce. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, there is no starch here. There is no salt. I am not sticking to that pasta. <laughs> Enjoy your flavorless buttered noodles sir and you yeah and there are there are some stuff there's some stuff out there like that yeah i can't i can't live i can't live that way I can't live life that way no no and especially on the preseason <laughs> no that, that's that's the that's where the real spice is shit right uh, i mean it's just <laughs> I, I don't i don't get it i don't get how you can go into a season like dep- already depressed in like chalking up losses. Like I, I know that there's losses ahead, but I don't know how you can just definitively look at a game. I don't. It's August 16th, and I and I have I have no idea that there's any 
maybe in the bowl game, there's a loss ahead. Yeah, I don't unless know. you're playing Alabama. Um, I mean, even when I look at Ohio State, I just see deficiencies on their roster. Unless you're playing some, like Alabama, um, I fail to see how you can just look at anything and chalk it up for a win, especially in a new administration where you don't know if your head coach is just going to shit the bed going into a big home game. So, <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? That's Who knows? what they play the games for. So, tonight we got a whole I – mean, it, took, it took Brennan and I – a good, a good 20 minute uh, pre, pre-game meeting here to kind of listing off all the stuff that we need to talk about, we feel like. And it's just, it's still like 90% of it is not about the season just yet. Like some of it, a little bit is, but, uh, <clears throat> but we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to um, more team stuff uh, soon, but there's a, we got a whole list of shit to, to, to get to tonight. And I think the first thing I want to tackle is an article came out in the uh, Sports Business Journal, John Oran, who's who's been on top of the um, of the not really conference realignment, but the, the media rights deals um, between between you know Fox, NBC, ESPN, and all that, and and the conferences. Today he gave out a, a tweet to an article that kind of didn't make a whole lot of sense, like very much a projection a personal projection of his uh, talking about uh, Notre Dame likely to remain independent, which I think we said it on the last podcast. Like we're, we're pretty confident Notre Dame is going to be getting this dough from NBC. We're going to stay independent until they change the, the path of playoffs. That's, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, but also, but I mean, very, very headliney talks about expect the return of Notre Dame-Michigan rivalry. Like, almost like that was a bullet point, and it was just a fucking opinion, which I know pissed you off, Brendan, because you went off on Twitter. Yeah, oh yeah. But but it was, a, it was a funny space to be in, because yes, that is just a complete projection, but also it's like, you could see some of what, you could see what he was saying happening. Like, Jude Jude made a lot of sense in the DMs. I wish wish you really wish he was on the on the show right now. But he made a lot of sense in the DMs about about the deal with with Notre Dame and NBC could have some some caveats to it as far as scheduling the Big Ten teams. I, I just let me let me ask you a question. Um, so if if you look at the article, um. Let's just see what he gets wrong here. The very first line: Notre Dame gets around twenty-five million per year from its current deal from NBC. Is that is that true? Do they get twenty-five million no. from NBC? No, it's not true. All right. So the rest of what follows, as far as we know, as far as we know, it's not like I think they get. Well, here, here's where twenty-five million is is accurate the, in a sense that it's NBC and what they get and, from the AC. Right. So if you if you're going to start this little second blurb after you've talked about Saudi Arabian golf for the first half of your shit and you get <laughs> the very first basic like fact that you put in there wrong the rest of what follows trash can crampled up trash can. trash can that was a trash can that was trash can that was trash can because you can't even get Garbage. the very the very first thing that you say is already wrong. Everything that follows is wrong. No, 
Notre Dame does not get $25 million per year from its NBC deal. It gets 15 from NBC, and it gets 10 from the ACC, uh, which— uh, Rough, rough. All that's rough. roughly. And so like you, you can hold on to that. Yeah, you can hold on to that 10 for a little bit. But So that runs through 2025. And then he says, sources say. So I want to know who these sources are, bud, because I saw sources from Adam Rittenberg that said that um, uh, being independent is unsustainable. And now sources are saying they're about to get a $60 million windfall. So who are these sources, my guy? Which, is still, which is still $15 million a year short of what we were talking about. Um, you know, a right. month ago with the, with the 75, which he, which he says, like in the very next sentence, there have been speculation that could command a right to the upward of 75 when it negotiates. And it, it doesn't, this was what doesn't make sense. It goes on to say they were expecting the 75 a year when it renegotiates. That's because it fills its schedule with games like its longstanding rivalry with Navy that tr- traditionally bring in lower ratings. So how is it a, how does a bigger amount how does that make sense? Like, like it doesn't edit this goddamn thing. It doesn't because it let, let, and he goes on to say that you need to put some big 10 teams on there. Well, listen up. So 2025, we're talking about some home games and some, uh, um, you know, something to stock the old catalog there. Well, what do you think about a home game against Texas A&M in 2025 produce on the schedule at home in 2025? That's some NBC money. Uh, what do you think about 2026 uh, Wisconsin at Lambeau field? That's going to be a home. That's going to be technically a home game, but an NBC game. You got Michigan State. That's a Big Ten opponent, right? Twenty twenty seven Purdue, Big Ten opponent. Uh, Just 20- remember, you going forward. USC is a Big Ten opponent. They sure are, and they're they're on their alternating years. Um, twenty twenty seven will have USC at home, Big Ten opponent. Well, it'll be um, it'll be NBC out in LA, right? Oh yeah, NBC for sure. Well, NBC is going to be the official network of uh, USC because USC playing at 430 is going to get that 730 time slot almost every week as long as it's not like, you know, a, a Penn State whiteout or something. Um, yeah, and so, I'm uh, prepare yourself now for more NBC broadcasts, uh, <laughs> if, even when we're out in L.A. Uh, USC better actually prepare themselves to see a, a handful of games broadcast on USA or, um, you know. Peacock, because uh, uh, anytime they're going to put if they want to play in the PM, it's going to be on NBC. And if Michigan, Penn State or Ohio State wants to play in the PM, they're, you know, any combination of those three playing each other, they're going to uh, obviously bump USC. But so look, let me ask you, though, Brett, it, it makes sense, though, right? Like, so NBC's paying this money for the Big Ten. And it's shoulder program for programming with Notre Dame. Yeah. So it makes sense for NBC to want Notre Dame to schedule more Big Ten teams. And so I think what I think what Jude was trying to point out to you, and which I pointed out in my article, was that that I mean they could they could say, all right, we got this money for you. We would like you to do this. And there's open dates. And the and the fact of the matter is is that you know you you start to see Notre Dame move to like a half in you know half in membership with ACC and the Big Ten. Like you could see like I, you, look at twenty twenty six. Twenty twenty six. You have Wisconsin, yeah, Big four, Ten, Purdue, Big Ten. It's four and six. Right. 
And then Navy's the, so the, the 11th, you know, 11, and, and, and I, they still have an open date. And I have – and I actually have no problem whatsoever with that. I would much rather – I would much rather schedule fucking uh, Nebraska than Cal. Just my own personal – you know, like – like if that inventory is on the table, then I would I would rather see you know Iowa come up there. I would rather play Iowa than Arkansas, like straight up. It, it will be funny if they do end up jettisoning um, the Arkansas the, the like 2028, right? So I guess the the earliest Michigan could, and this was the 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 article it states it goes. In other words, expect a return of Notre Dame's rivalry with Michigan before, before 2033. 30. So if you look at the schedule, the earliest you could conceivably put Michigan on the schedule might be 2027 or 2028. Uh, 2027 is probably the most likely because they're not going to they're not going to do it in 2026 um, just because you already have Wisconsin there. But 27 could be that that return to the Michigan, Michigan State September Purdue. Michigan, Michigan State, September. How does that sound to you, Chuck? And, and Michigan State's back on in, in 26. Yeah, 26. Like the year where we have four yeah. four Big Ten teams in Wisconsin, Purdue, USC, uh, and Michigan State. And State's I mean, in 27, a, too. That's a solid – yeah. But 27's so, I mean, already got Clemson. It's got Cle- – it doesn't have the um, the second the, – the big the big one yet. It doesn't have, like, the big opponent. Like, 29's got Alabama. 30's got Alabama. Um, so we, we we already established that Orend fucked up his whole writing in that blurb anyways. So can we also kind of draw from that that he's just kind of like projecting? I, I don't know, like kind of yeah, projecting a, the return of the Notre Dame Michigan rivalry. And just this, is, is he just saying that that game is coming back? And look, if you're going to use the word rivalry, I am thinking more of on an annual basis or at least you know. Four out of eight years, like in every other year, kind of thing. And I don't see that happening. Like no, I don't see because because twenty nine is like I said, twenty nine is Alabama, thirty is Alabama, thirty one is Florida, thirty two is Florida, and so thirty three then becomes Michigan again. So the only areas in which you could put Michigan in the schedule is you have a two year window. You have twenty seven and you have twenty eight. So if Michigan doesn't come in 27 or 28, they're not coming until 33 unless you want a schedule like 31 where it's at Clemson and you have Florida. Oh, and by the way, USC still there. Who knows if they're good or not? Um, and then it, you already have an Indiana on the schedule. So you right. have Big Ten. Like I mean, there's going to be your with USC being like the Big Ten is heavily represented in the schedule. You will play an average of two Big Ten teams from now until I guess – the heat death of the universe. Yes. Yeah, so if you want to add one or two more, that's not, I mean, that's not a big heater and no, uh, you know, there's no, just like straight up big 10 fan. Listen to this podcast. Yeah. But they're all like, Oh, shut about Listen, every big 10 team out there, including Michigan is fucking like just beaten off to the thought of, of getting Notre Dame back on the schedule. It's money. It is well, pure gold. On, on that uh, Detroit, everybody wants a piece of that. Braylon Edwards is on some Detroit sports uh, talk show, you know, that they have out here, and he's on a show. And there's this goober guy, and he was the one that said, "Who's Kyle Hamilton?" Said that during the draft season, we all blew up at yeah. him. 
But uh, so Braylon's on there and that guy's like, well, you just jettison Notre Dame from the schedule. You don't need them. And Braylon's like, what are you talking about, dude? Everybody looks at that. You get your Michigan schedule that fall and you go and you look at it. You circle the Notre Dame game. You go, yeah, that's the game I'm going to. Why do you want to get rid of that? Yeah, Because that's because Braylon played in them. Because Braylon know, played he, in them. He yeah. knows the value of that game. He knows the value of that game. Now, look, I don't. I don't know what side of the fence any of you guys out there are on wanting to play Michigan or not wanting to play Michigan. It's I am very much on the fence, the same as I am about if they're in terms of conference or not. I don't care anymore. I just like things that piss people off um, anymore. It, it doesn't matter to me. Like I, I, if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten tomorrow, you're not going to see it. I'm not going to shed a tear. Um, but I'm perfect. Like stay independent. Piss everybody off. Do your own thing. Do what you want to do, basically. But as far as like these big 10 teams, Braylon knows the value of, of playing a Notre Dame. Like, and yes, there is value in Notre Dame playing Michigan. Like that's a, that's a, that is a national people. People take notice, not just Notre Dame, Michigan fans, but people across the country take notice, circle that game as a game to watch. Well, because for you, 20, 25, five years, that was, you know, your, your beginning of the season, kind of like big matchup, you know, how was Notre Dame and Michigan, these two big, um, these two massive programs with all this history and all that, how are they going to be this year? And you're going to find out right away because they play each other. And that made, that made a national, that made it more of a national uh, game. So yeah, Braylon, it was dead on like, no dude, you want this game, uh, you know, from that point of view. And you know, like the, do you want to see, do you want to see Notre Dame play Arkansas? Do you want to see Notre Dame play Michigan? And and that's that's it. Like mid, we're talking about mid-tier programs here, right? We're not talking about like, you know, upper echelon teams. You know, mid-tier like Arkansas and Michigan. You know, they're around the mids. But the the problem if I put is, out a Twitter poll right now with that question, Michigan would win hands down Michigan. with Notre Dame fans. I would. It'd be like I would put 80, in Arkansas just. It'd be like eighty-five, fifteen. Yeah. And it's just yeah. the, the people being spiteful. But I think the problem is is like. When I look at these schedules and you go, yeah, you could slot Michigan in there. They don't have the full slate of schedule put in. And you look at something like a 2020, um, you, know, you look at like a 2025 and you're like, well, you don't have everything scheduled out. And it's like, well, you already have Texas A&M on there and you have Miami who could be good. You have Pitt who could be good. You have USC. I mean, you have a lot of teams in there and you don't have the, you don't have the sort of filler. You don't have a UNLV. You don't have a central Michigan. You don't have a Western Michigan. You don't have the sort of schools that's in there. That's that doesn't make your schedule an absolute death March, which we're going to see, um, you know, in what, Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, two weeks. But, I mean, you still have a Marshall, which is a buffer school, and you have a UNLV, and Cal's kind of a buffer too. But you have four teams ranked in the top 25. But if you don't have something like a Marshall or a UNLV, you need to have two games like a Marshall or UNLV baked right. into your schedule in order to – that's what's nice. I think 2023 schedule is really nice, it's, even though it's an at-Clemson season. Um, I like it because – you're opening with Navy, Tennessee State, and Central Michigan before you get to Ohio State, USC, Wake Forest, Clemson. You sort of like ease into the season, which is kind of nice. And you need to have those games. And I think that 
for the the wish casting of saying like, well, you can just slot Michigan into any season between now and 2023. I think you need to pump the brakes and look at it and go, well, you need layups. And if it's right. if its schedule doesn't have a layup yet, you need to put at least two in. You you definitely need layups, but I mean, <clears throat> there's also, I mean, Oregon wasn't wrong. I think a, a subtle point that he was trying to make was, you know, Notre Dame's home schedules just have not been great. They've been okay, but I mean, these we're talking about, you know, this year, Marshall, Cal. Uh, you, you took BYU out to Las Vegas. Uh, so that's nice. I mean, Stanford, you can't even fit 20 people in their fucking stadium. Uh, UNLV Clemson is nice. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's it. Boston, BC it, it is not a home schedule. That's that demand, you know, that demands. I think notice. Clemson Clemson this year. And, and, and this Cle- was Clemson. And, and it was, it was interesting because, um, uh, on our buddy Greg's single high, they had that question about like where, you know, what, or he was talking about like what, what Brady Quinton's uh, best win at home was. And um, he was or best game at home. And he was like the USC loss. And if you think about it, it's like, well, Clemson's going to represent maybe the second top five team to come to Notre Dame stadium since. That USC team comes in again <laughs> and it comes again. It was Clemson in 2020 yeah. and it's going to be Clemson in 2022. And those will be the only two. And that's if Clemson doesn't lose multiple games, that would probably represent only the second top five opponent to come to Notre Dame stadium since that USC game in 05. Right. And we're just, and we're just not used to that. I mean, as, as a, I, I just turned 44, four days ago. And for most of my life, leading it up into, you know, around the age of 30, maybe a little before that, you're you more you were used to better teams coming to Notre Dame Stadium all the time. Now, we weren't that – there were some years we were bad. You know, USC came in and beat the shit out of Notre Dame uh, multiple times throughout the P. Carroll era. Uh, but, I mean, you know, even like 06, Quinn's senior year when Michigan came, came and, and just fucking curb stomped us. Uh, Mario Manningham and just took us to town that day, but it's just, those games are disappearing. And so, yes, we can circle the Clemson game. That's that, that's a huge game. No one's denying that, but there, what is left? I mean, this is Marshall, Cal, Stanford, UNLV. Yeah. When they when you start talking about ratings too, t- television ratings, who is turning into these games? Because the, another thing about the ratings drop for these games is that, Notre Dame has been handling their business. They haven't been getting upset. They've been, you know, we have not, Notre Dame has not lost a, uh, a game against an unranked team since what? 2016. 16. Yeah. It's the longest streak in the country. Longest streak in the country. That's a lot that. So when Marshall shows up unranked and Cal shows up unranked and Stanford shows up, probably unranked UNLV, uh, Boston College, these are all probably going to be yeah. wins, and no one cares. So no one's tuning in. But before, you know, even before though, they would show up. People that hate Notre Dame are dialing in because they, hey, there might be an upset here, or there's an upset brewing. Uh, just we haven't been seeing that because Notre Dame under Brian Kelly became so consistent 
after the 2016 season. <clears throat> you know, which is a long time, which is a long time. You know, 2016 seems like yesterday, but that's a long time ago now. You know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. That's a lot of seasons under the belt now. And all those seasons we've gone under, Notre Dame has not lost to an unranked opponent. So that affects with rankings too, because no one, no one's going to give a shit. And would you, would you have these teams come in and look, you're scheduling these games 10 years out and all that. You don't know what's, what's coming. This just so happens that we're, we're taking a bite, taking a bite. You know, if you flipped around Ohio state and, uh, and fucking Boston college. Now we're, now you're cooking with gas. It's just that one game. It's just like, there's another game that to set it off. You know, if Ohio state was at home and BC BC was out next year is going to, I mean, 23 is going to have Ohio state and USC. Right. Right. We'll see. We'll still, the jury is still out of on USC. <laughs> I would imagine USC because I I think they're scheduled to play. You got the, the, the clock that's showing up to Notre Dame too next year. You do. Uh, that's going to be a brutal uh, brutal stretch. Um, but yeah, USC next year. I think the hype train. I think USC is going to be whatever they are this year. A glass cannon. Uh, but next year the hype train should be at an all time high. Year two, Lincoln Riley, right? Should be. Should be. Should be. I mean, I expect, I expect, look, I fully expect USC to be better. Like, sure, Clay, yeah. Helton, Clay Helton is, was just terrible at his job. I loved him. And USC is, has been a sleeping giant for way too long. And so I expect them to be much better. This year, though, I think the hype train left a little early, personally, but you know, we'll see what, Hey, we'll see what they have in the field. It, it, there's going to be so, this is going to be such a different USC team. I, I think you can't say one way or another about what they're going to do. Good or bad. I think you can, I think that they are the same USC team as they've always been where it's all gas, no breaks. Right. <laughs> and I think next year well, is when you might get a de- new, all new gas, game. no breaks, defense on roller skates. Yeah, all gas, no breaks, defense on roller skates. That's it. Yeah, I I think yeah. next year is where you might get that new USC, where he's got a chance to like I don't know, but I mean you're still looking at a, a defense is trash. I I don't know, but next year it should be hype uh, with those home games. Um, yeah, I, no, I expect the 2023 Trojans to be to be to be in that top ten kind of caliber program next year. Next year, uh, yeah, but. Yeah, next year. So yeah, so I mean, this this whole thing with the with the with the television got, look, Notre Dame staying independent, which just pisses everybody off, which is lovely, absolutely lovely. Um, and again, they're not going to do anything that that people just want just to put them in a box, as long as they have access. And there's everyone's out there screaming, "We'll change it, change it." Well, no one has, for whatever reason. And, I, and I've been saying this for years. Like I don't understand these you know, these conference commissioners, uh, you know, and presidents allowing Notre Dame to operate this way. But at the same time, I think this year, this these these last few rounds of of uh, media rights deals and all that. I think the thing that I picked up on is the SEC doesn't want Notre Dame going to the Big Ten, and the Big Ten doesn't want Notre Dame going to the ACC or or SEC full-time, you know what I mean? 
no one wants them to go somewhere else. They want they want them or want them right where they're at. So it's almost like they're they're catering to Notre Dame's position, in spite despite the other conferences. You know what I mean? They they'd rather Notre it's Dame. It's a funny just, spot to be in. Yeah, they'd rather Notre Dame just exist where they are than to bolster any of the other conferences. Yeah, I like, mean, it, it, and if you really think sense. about it, what harm what harm has it done? Notre Dame, Notre Dame gets to these bit to the playoffs or they get blown out. So what what harm what harm well, have, that, they, have they really I, done? And I'm not even sure if that's really a concern because there's going to come a time, hopefully soon, where Notre Dame goes to a yeah. playoff and they don't. Um, but even if they don't, I don't think that it harms them because Notre Dame operate. You, you know, if you're not, you're not, they're not directly your enemy. They're sort of a third party. So yeah, I uh, think Greg Sankey right now is is you know pretty much buddy buddy with what Notre Dame wants to do is is totally on board with Notre Dame remaining independent rather than joining the Big Ten. Right, and I'm sure the Big Ten would rather Notre Dame join them. Um, but they, they don't need to, they don't want to lose them to ACC either. They don't want to rather have that. Well, well, and the ACC doesn't want them to join the big 10 because, you know, (laughs) Notre Dame joined the big 10. The ACC is essentially over, over done with. Yeah. So it's a, it, that's, I mean, I don't know why I didn't think about that prior to this year. It just wasn't a, a big thing, but I had seen it mentioned and it took off in my mind. Like that's, that's why right there. And Joe, college football fan, uh, from you know, just not going to understand that, or should understand it, but just won't allow to hear that. Like this is why Notre Dame gets to operate the way they do because everyone's so goddamn scared they're going to go somewhere else. So, and I don't know why you, I don't know why you want Notre Dame to go somewhere else. Why don't you want things to be a little bit different? Why do you want? To put everything in a box, I don't understand. Why do you want the Why do you want the NFL uh, 2.0? Like the beauty of college football, what has been lost over all these years, and it and really it's it's generation it's the generation that's younger than us, Brendan. That's 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 getting like a little weird about things. Like college football is supposed to be weird. It's supposed to be messy. It's supposed to be biased. It's supposed to be fucked up and unfair. That's college football. It's what makes it the greatest sport in the world. It's that it is absolutely buck wild in the way that it operates. And yes, there are a few teams that just been flat out dominating. That won't change. If you go to like a, a two conference, 28 team, a conference thing, none of that's going to change. Like, like, Arkansas isn't all of a sudden going to come be a fucking national champion contender. Uh, no. Neither is Iowa. Uh, it's <laughs> in fact, it makes it less likely that Arkansas or Iowa would ever compete for anything because they couldn't sneak right. up. Right. So you're you're not doing anything other than taking away the specialness of of what college football is. And look, I have conference realignment is what it is. And look, conference realignment's been going a lot. It's been going on for a long, long time. You know. Obviously, the 2010 sh- stuff sticks with everybody because that's when there were some massive moves made. But this stuff's been going on for a long, long time. Uh, you know, maybe not these massive moves all at once, you know, here and there, but it's been going on for for quite a long time. That's college football. It's just crazy. And uh, so, yeah, like if I'm a smaller school, 
just just to, to follow up on that because you said Iowa, like in 2015, Michigan State needed like a 36 play drive in the fourth quarter of the Big Ten title <laughs> game in order to keep Iowa from going to a college football playoff, right? Yeah, but but if you expand out everything and give teams more opportunities and stuff like that, something like that for Iowa would never be able to occur because all of a sudden Iowa isn't playing in a Big Ten West. They're in some sort of pod division where they're not going to get that kind of access anymore because now instead of just like complete competing against, you know, has been Nebraska in Wisconsin, you're in pod play and you're competing against USC, Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state, Penn state, Notre Dame. So you're never going to get that access ever again. That 2015 is probably the closest that Iowa will ever come to having any sort of, uh, you know, postseason uh, experience, right? Unless they expand it out to 36 teams or something dumb. So, yeah. Something dumb like that. I mean, it look, this also was a. This all comes about for lots of reasons. Just like when they decided not to uh, expand the playoffs to whatever the athletic was uh, was suggested. Like like the ACC had. A, <laughs> I, I do love the athletic kind of like pretending that like they're making fun of the ACC and Pac-12 and pretending that they were like completely on board with all this shit. But you know they turned down. The expansion then, which could have met uh, the playoff expansion, which could have, which could have met like, the conference realignment stuff doesn't happen now. Like if they expanded the playoffs, was Texas and Oklahoma really going to jump? Which you USC going to jump? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you can probably make arguments, you know, all the way around, but I tend to believe that, that things kind of settle down a little bit more. They fucked it up. And again, it's beautiful. It's cultural. This is what we're talking about. It's it's just one more uh, weird ass thing that goes on with the sport. And for fans <clears throat> to like try to peg, like you got Notre Dame has to be in there just so they have a, a spot. Like this, like it's, it's the funniest thing. You know, everyone wants to talk about college football in a, in a regional sense when they talk about them, but when they talk about the like the championship, it's all just it. it, it that is it. When they talk about a season, it's all about the title. So like they want to put Notre Dame like in a box, like like we want we want them here so we can talk about them like in this respect. No, like why do that? Let shit be wild, man. Let them go fucking crazy. Yeah, that's what I want. Fuck. Let it get let it get wild, man. I mean, let's get weird. God damn, why do why does everyone want to be boring? I don't know. Or the. What, what's that uh, the the Netflix uh, show? My wife loves it. I watched I watched it too. It was, it was good. About the the Anna chick that that, that frauded and fooled everybody, like becoming Anna, whatever whatever her name was. Oh yeah, yeah. She's yeah. always ta- she's always like, you're so basic. You're you're basic. You're ugly. That's what these fucking. That's what you fans that are like want all this like want the NFL 2.0. You were basic. Be extraordinary. Be be different. Be wild and weird. Bring back the BCS. Can we, just, can we just bring back the BCS, please? And let's just be like, <laughs> be done with all of this nonsense. And maybe, I don't even think that it's my nostalgia talking. 
I think it's the same people that complain about preseason rankings. It's all supposed to be fun. Everything, this is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be having fun. And it doesn't (laughs) need to be clean. And in fact, when it's clean and neat, it's not fun. When it's clean and neat, it's not a fun season. We all like when it's ridiculous. We all like a 2007. We like when things get, when things get weird. And that's just, that, that explained right there. That's how, that's how, that's how wild that shit is. Notre Dame had a, had the worst season in program history in 2007. And yet the college football season itself was so fucking wild and crazy. It is still like my favorite season of all time. It's just so that's what makes the sport great. Like that, that kind of stuff right there. Polls. Let's get into the polls. That. Just second, second time you've tried to do the segue to the polls. Notre Dame ranked number, number five, five in both the coaches and the, in the coaches and the AP poll. We, we don't get, we don't get the coaches, uh, things, but we do get the writers voting. Yes, we do. And obey. We got the receipts. And obey. So, all right. So what's the receipts? What, what, what do you, what do you got written down? What's your notes here? Uh, so my receipts are, it is a big fat resounding. Hey, Brett McMurphy. This is the, you're on my shit list this year. You're starting off on my shit list, writing for stadium. I feel like he's always it on is. it. He's always on it. He's always on the periphery of being on it. And I don't know how all there is. So, so here's the receipts for, for old Brett. There is the lowest Notre Dame is ranked by every other writer in America is number nine. And it's Michael Lev uh, who writes for the Arizona, Arizona don't, don't really care. Um, Daily star, Daily Daily star. He ranks Notre Dame number nine. That's the lowest Notre Dame is ranked except for Brett fucking McMurphy who somehow still has a vote. I don't understand how Brett McMurphy has a vote for the Action Network. And he has Notre Dame ranked at 18th behind Wake Forest, Penn State, Wisconsin, Arkansas, Oklahoma, OSU being fake OSU, Clemson, Baylor, who lost 16 starters, only uh, NC State, Oregon, Michigan, Utah, and then everybody else. He has Miami at number four, by the way. Brett McMurphy does. <laughs> now Miami does get some love from from like John Clay. Uh, yeah. And uh, is there anybody else who has Miami in the top five? Not the top five. Is there anybody and else Clay's who has? The only, Clay's Miami the only one that has him in the top ten. Yeah. But they do. The, the Kings do fall like into the, the 11. To yeah, 15, you know what? I'm fine. Not a lot. It's I'm basically 11 to them. 20, quite a bit. I'm fine with them being in that sort of 11 to 20 range. But the fact that he's got, I hope, before, that, you know, I hope they are like, I hope they are, are on that level. I mean, I know Notre Dame doesn't play them, but like, like we talk about conferences, Notre Dame's tied to the ACC, whether we like it or not. And they're going to be they're on there tied to them. And in, in a sense that you need that conference to look a little better. So when you beat, fucking wake forest it's a legit or a syracuse or at least at least at least it looks a little better there's math that helps you out there maybe not eyeballs but math yeah i i don't i don't have i think mario cristobal is kind of a jaggy of a co- jag of a coach and i i don't have a problem with them 
um, being ranked up that high. And you know what? I hope that by the end of September they are ranked up that high because I'd love to see them beat Texas A&M, um, who they play, you know, third week of the season. But to put them fourth is is hilarious, and to have Notre Dame at 18th when nobody has Notre Dame ranked below nine, and I think that speaks a lot to Notre Dame as a whole. And um, SI put out their own, and I don't know if it was all of SI or if it was just um, Pat Forty put out one. And it was never mind the players that that he writes in the th- in in his little thing. But they put him at six and they go, is this too high for a team with a new head coach and a new starting quarterback? Probably. And here's the thing that I have that I think matters the most. But everyone after the top three has question marks. The proven commodities of the Fighting Irish include some big time talents. And that's what I think. I think that everybody after Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia has a lot of questions about them. And even Ohio State's got a lot of questions. Um, But Notre Dame's got a lot of top end talent like Michael Mayer. Jared Patterson, Isaiah Foskey, Brandon Joseph. These are players that are going to have their names called. Cam Hart. Cam Hart. Uh, these, uh, they, have, they have a lot of high-end talent um, that's going to be drafted on the first two days of the draft this year, right? And, they all, and when they make that argument, too, they also pretend the fact that, that like, has a first-year head coach and a first-year quarterback, have they ever done well? Never in the history of the sport of college football <laughs> as a first year. I mean, we did the quarterback thing last week. Uh, I didn't think the prep, the, the, the coach thing, but coaches certainly have. So my one of the big issues I have here is like Notre Dame is is gets a lot of respect. And they it, it, I, don't, I can't speak to the coach's poll, which there were five because we don't have like where they were ranked at by everybody we, like we do with the AP. But you look up and down here, and Notre Dame is getting a lot of respect here. It goes from um, from as as high as four, uh, let's just say, like right around the the eight nine mark, which is fine. Like anywhere between four and nine seems legit to me. Like yeah. they could have been they could have been preseason ranked eighth, and I might have like murmured at a few teams that are above them, but it still seems okay. That's that's all right. But what happens here is here you have the media who thrashes Notre Dame consistently. You go up and down this AP voter list and you go look at just, you know, Google their name and Notre Dame. And most of the time it is not good. It is not good at all. And yet here they have them ranked in the, in the top five, but then they go back and talk about how overrated they are. They're right. And they, they overrate them every season. Well, no, they're, they're, oh, Notre Dame is there every year. No, this is their highest preseason rankings is 2006. That's this is, they don't start this yeah, high every year. Like, so they have a lot of respect for Notre Dame within their rankings. But what they do, though, is they'll go back and be like, oh, they're, you know, that's not, oh, they're overrated, blah, blah, blah. Well, you, you're the fucking one who overrated them. I mean, at least McMurphy in, in his douchebagginess, at least he he can stick with his own sentiment that Notre Dame is, uh, you know, not a top five team. I'll say that he can he can he can be on his stick uh, the entire season because that's, you know, that's where he started out at. But the moment I start seeing, like, like, like where is it at? Where, where, where's Reese Davis got? Oh, Reese Davis got Notre Dame at number seven. Okay. Right fine. behind Oklahoma. What the fuck? Oh, no, yeah. no. Michigan. Whatever. But, I mean, it's 
it's just it's, a, it's just a funny cycle where everyone just kind of pre- they they pretends they didn't say one thing and they go ahead and say another. Like, and meanwhile, college football fans all over the country are just fucking, you know, tripping over themselves to be like, oh, every every year Notre Dame's overrated. Really? Are they really overrated every year? To start the season out because it seems pretty consistent. They've seemed pretty consistent with where their preseason rankings have been, mostly, which have been hovering around the t- the top ten. You go back and look at wins, losses, and all that over the la- over the last five years. Guess where Notre Dame's at? They're right up there with all the big boys. So, I mean, Brevin Murphy can eat a dick, and he <laughs> will. Yeah, fuck that guy. I, I, his top twenty-five is Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Miami, A and M, Utah. I do. I do not get this love for Utah. I, I just, don't get it either. I, I think Utah is the overrated team here. But uh, Michigan, Oregon, NC State, probably another extremely overrated team. Baylor, Clemson, overrated. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Penn State, <laughs> Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Pitt, USC, Iowa, Tennessee. Uh, Houston Air Air Force, Force, Nebraska. What was Nebraska last year? Four and eight. Air Force got a little bit. Air Force got a little bit of love elsewhere in the in the polls, but not great. Great for Air Force. I mean, just yeah. His his whole thing is (laughs) highlighted blue with with uh, extreme picks. But I would be remiss though if I didn't point this out. Because this is an annual issue. Notre Dame, one beat reporter voting for the AP. Mm. Mike Berardino, where's First he got Notre Dame it. ranked? Yep. Where's he? Where's he got Notre Dame ranked? Number eighth. seven or eighth? Yeah, eighth. Which eighth? That is, he must have inherited that sort of like, sort of like getting the. I'm not going to be too homer. I'm not going to be too homer here. He got that from Hanson because Hanson did the same thing. It's a listen. I like Berardino. He does a great job. And I, I think and I love he's Eric the best follow on Twitter for uh, fall camp stuff. As far as, as far he, as uh, fall camp he's stuff. Had he straight, he's had straight info, straight info, straight info. It's not hidden behind any paywalls or anything. It is nope. like Mike Berardino's Twitter follow is it's, um, solid. It, it's solid. It's real solid. Hey, and, and Berardino fo- follows me on uh TikTok, So he gets bonus points there, yeah. but he falls right into the same same group there, but like Eric Hansen, who I love, but you are part of the worst beat in college football because you are too fucking professional. You are too goddamn professional. This is college football. You have got to bat for the team that you are covering, and you go up and down, and you will find you find most of the guys that co- the teams that they're covering on the beat, they are ranking that team that they cover higher than everybody else. They just do most of them. The Kentucky guy, John Clay's got some explaining to do. He's got Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky, like the, where, where's he got about 17th that I've seen Kentucky ranked as high as in the top 10 in some places. But anyways, the beats are just, the beat is just terrible. Uh, at being professional, like too good at being professional. Sell it, sell the team you're covering. Just a goddamn poll, just for fun. Say, ain't gonna make or break anything here. Enjoy yourself. 
I mean, shit, be the guy, be the guy that put Notre Dame number two. Be that guy. I fucking double, I double be Jonas, the AP be, to, be offer, Jonas to offer me a vote. Be Jonas Pope. <laughs> Who put Notre Dame at three, by the way. <laughs> Which is, I mean. It goes Alabama, like, Ohio State, Notre hey, Dame, Michigan. Raleigh, Raleigh is a lovely city, by the Love way. Love it. Lovely yeah. city when it's not getting battered by a hurricane. <laughs> I mean, who Notre Dame was at four? Bryce Miller out in San Diego, another lovely city, San Diego, and Notre Dame fourth. Yeah, Ben Port- Chris Murray, fucking, Chuck Carlton, a fucking Portnoy, a Portnoy. Ben, yeah, Ben Portnoy. Matt four. Brown's got him at number four. Yeah, Matt Brown, the athletic Matt Brown, not uh, our yeah. good friend Matt, Matt Brown yeah, from Extra yeah, Points. Yeah, yeah. If, but, if Matt Brown from Extra Points was putting Notre Dame at number four, I guarantee you there's, there's a four and eight joke in there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, but, I mean, embrace the – I mean, I – I love for, take the time, for someone to take the time to type out a comment that says polls are meaningless, I don't get it. They're not meaningless. They're for us to have some We're fun. talking about it. I might hate yeah. on – here's the thing. I might gripe about them, and you know what? We're talking about Brett McMurphy, and it's fun. Brett McMurphy's a villain, and it's fun yeah. to talk about villains. Like he's, it, he's a piece of shit, and I love it. I love I, that he's being a I piece don't, of shit. I don't think we've ever listed Brett McMurphy as a fucking villain before. I mean, if you ask Ohio State think, fans, for sure they would put him as a villain, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. He ended, he yeah, ended probably. the Urban Meyer era. He's a true, he's a true villain. True villain. Oh, boy. I mean, shit's getting real, folks. I just, I love the, the 16 to 25 spots. Like seeing where, you know, like seeing Air Force in there. Seeing Appalachian State ranked in there on somebody's ballot. You know, LSU being ranked. <laughs> they got, is it one vote? No, there's two. Okay, no, there's two. I was, I was just going up and down. Brian Kelly's starting off with a whirlwind here. Got a tw- top 25 vote from Andy Greeter and a number 20 vote from Portnoy. Portnoy, Portnoy must love the uh, Kelly connection. Big fan. <laughs> nah. Love that. Uh, that does, does the uh, college football Reddit? put this one together, this, this graphic. Yeah. They put that one together. If you go to my favorite one, um, they, they put the nice graphic together, but if you go to college poll tracker.com, it's the best. And you can click on every voter and see their voting history with them. Um, you can see where their biases exist. You click on every, you click on the team. It shows, um, you know, their highs and lows, um, you got, we have to keep these AP poll, AP voters honest. And, uh, throughout the season, we need to, we need to, we need to make sure that we do this. We need to do the job to keep them honest. So I got, a, I got a question for you, Michigan resident. Yeah. So Eric McMahon with, uh, M live, he's listed down as, uh, central and Michigan, uh, on there. So is uh, somebody else tabbed with Eastern and 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 uh, and State? 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, he's just, he just gets the central. Uh, why was it important? Why is it important for them to put central there? Uh, well, because he covers U of M football, but he's a central grad. Is he legit a central grad? Yeah, he's legit a central grad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, they got Reese Davis down there for Alabama, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So, so they they look for who you cover, and then um, you know who you graduate for. Well, why wasn't Hanson ever Ohio State Notre Dame? Well, that's a good question. Um, because they didn't keep records that far back. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Don't don't call Eric Hold. Hold <laughs> oh, Eric. Uh, speaking of Ohio State, the <laughs> boy got denied media credentials to that fucking shithole stadium. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna? Are, is it? Is this gonna be like a situation where, um, you know, <laughs> WWF uh, invaded invaded WCW? Do you remember? Do you, I, mean, I don't know if you. I don't know if you remember the that 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 whole thing when Degenerate Degeneration oh, yeah. X uh, oh. they showed up and with like the military fatigues and and the, <laughs> the tank cannon and they they tried to to bust into. I don't know. I don't know. I just it uh, it, it didn't surprise me, but uh, it's like come the fuck on. Like so, I all, all I really want to do is like put tax in the seats of all the Ohio State beat writers uh, up in Notre Dame Stadium next year. Uh, so if you see, <laughs> if you see me show up to the press box early <laughs> next year when Ohio State comes to town, um, I might be doing something. <laughs> a little a little fucking payback. I don't know. It's unnecessary. Unnecessary. But um, I don't know. I, I guess now I'm just going to be hanging out uh, in Hicksville. How how far of a drive is it to Columbus? Like three hours? Uh, that's three hours. Yeah, it's it's nothing. I, I I was planning on on going down. Like the boys have football that that morning, which so I wasn't going to leave town until maybe around maybe around one or two, anyways. Nike. But then I was gonna say uh, my 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 best friend uh, got he was my best man at my wedding lives just outside of Columbus uh, so I was just planning on you know crashing at their place uh, get a chance to hang out with him at, don't don't get that too often uh, and he's always bitching about me going down there he's a huge Buckeye fan too so maybe me staying there was gonna be <laughs> determined about how the game went <laughs> definitely. Believe Notre Dame would have won, wins. I, you know, I'd be showing up, uh, demanding breakfast the next morning. But uh, so no, I don't know what I would do now. I don't know what I would do now. So, get, there's still get, a possibility you could. Uh, you know what? Get, I, get appeal, I'll tell you what. Right? I'll tell you what we'll do. No, I'll tell you what we'll do. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the commitment for us right now. If we win, we're doing a podcast right after the show. Oh, that's, that, that's that is a no-brainer. Yeah. Which was just like let's just let's hit let's hit record right after the game. I remember remember that one. Which I wasn't up there because of the 2020 COVID stuff. I was like, I'm not I'm not going up to just be in a goddamn <laughs> cooped up in a room. That's all you can yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, no, we I stayed home that season. Fuck that. Uh, that's no fun. But yeah, if we win, we're we'll do a we'll do a shoot the pod. That'll be a that'll be a hoot nanny. That might be better than Clemson. Oh no, it would be better than Clemson. Well, I don't know. It depends on how it would go. I down. don't know, eh, man. I don't know, man. 
the, the way know. Clemson went down too, though, with it being OT and just the, no, I, the I get it, I get the flurry of emotions. I, I mean, when Notre Dame's up saying, so big in the the fourth quarter against Ohio State, and it's just like a foregone conclusion, we might not have the same. In two thousand and two, when Notre Dame beat Maryland twenty-two to nothing. I went on a bench and was screaming about heading to Tempe for the national championship game for like the next four hours. Yeah. 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 I remember it was the first this. game of the season, first game of the season. And it felt like a big win. It <laughs> so, was, for that some was reason, a Maryland. It was a return Maryland to felt go- big. We might even say that season was a return to glory. Well, it sure as hell wasn't a return to scoring offensive touchdowns till the third yeah, game of the season. Third game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit. All right. Um, what else do we need to talk about? Um, well, I guess the actual Notre Dame football camp related stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should talk some real football stuff. I mean, that's what people are paying for, right? Right. Um, other than Audrick Estime's singing talents, which are, which are fucking amazing. I plan on doing some stuff for it. More bigger picture. Um, specifically just like screen capping those, those, uh, those bits of him because he might not have hit the right notes, but he hit all of the right notes in my heart. With the way that he in, just, in your heart, right? Where they should be. He's a crooner. It, it, uh, I mean, Aaron's burger was sneaky good in that video too. I feel like the Germans can sing, man. Yeah, I mean, the Hoff helped bring down that wall, but he also brought um, the love of music to the nation. I mean, look, we knew Audrey Gestime last season when he was singing Here Come the Irish. <laughs> that, you knew that there was a star in the making. You knew yeah. there was a star in the making. You just knew it. And he he's he's absolutely knocked that out of the fucking park. I I mean, so what do you think about uh, Notre Dame's social media approach this year? Uh, it's about because, fifty. It's like so so so. This is fun. The singing thing's fun. Um, the the Vegas thing with Freeman, Foskey, and Mayer in the Golic. That was fun. Um, uh, the the Shamrock series apparel drop that was not fun. <laughs> uh, uh, man, that that was so bad. Do you see that you can get Shamrock series? Um, they have stuff now. You can buy Shamrock series socks. It's just regular Notre Dame socks. Uh, you can get Shamrock Series uh, uh, quarter zips. It's just a regular quarter zip. They just write the word Shamrock Series on it. It's just an absolute debacle. You can't get the white hoodie to save your life. It, what, what's funny about the white hoodie is, is uh, I think it's Oakland. Follow him on Twitter. Said, How ironic is it for Notre Dame fans to be clamoring for a, for a white hood? I I mean I, I want read, it so bad. If you read Notre Dame versus the Ku Klux Klan, you'll 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 understand that joke. Uh, very yeah. anti-Klan up there in in Catholic land. So it's just the irony of everyone like, where's the white hoodie? Where's the white hoodie? 
And it's everywhere. There, people were pissed. I want they that. Weren't. I I had it. I had two in my cart. I had a uh, I had one for me and the wife. And then I was like, well, I don't see the hat yet. Maybe they'll get they'll drop the hat a little bit later on. So I'll wait on buying this so I can get the free shipping. And then the hat never dropped. And then the hoodies went out of stock. And I was like, <laughs> and not. And then the hoodies went for like 104. And I was like, chimney crickets. This is ridiculous. Um, it just goes to show you that Under Armour is not up to the task at outfitting no, I mean, a major college football program. We talked about this before we started recording. Like, how much money have they pissed away because they they refuse to release the Marcus Freeman collection? Like, they're keeping that in house. I would have thought they would have done it by now, but they have not. And it's just like, how much money did you piss away? People were chomping at the bit. I want that green hoodie so badly, and they just won't sell it. It's, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Like, do you not like money? I thought that was the point here. And there's just so many different styles. Like, it isn't just like a couple of things. There is all sorts of shit going on that no one else can get a hold of. And it just makes no sense. No sense at all for a company that has struggled financially to not make money, to not want to make money. Like you did something good. Your design team made some cool shit. People want it. And you're like, no, nah, sorry, bro. You can't have nah. that. Yeah. This, this shit's art. This is art, son. You go to the Louvre for that. It doesn't make any you, sense. You can, you can buy like, <laughs> like here's the absurdity for it. You can go to the, um, Andy bookstore and you can get the, um, Men's Under Armour, Navy Notre Dame Fighting Irish 2022 Shamrock Series Polo. Just a polo shirt. How much do you think a large? If I wanted to buy myself a large polo shirt, how much do you think it would cost me? Seventy-five bucks. Ninety bucks. Jeez. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No. 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 That's not. I, a I mean, I, I have a hard time justifying a hundred and nine bucks for a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> But at That's, least the hoodie, at least the hoodie knows that like I could wear that like every day. But a polo yeah, that, shirt, I'm, I'm, that's touching my side of that hoodie when you're on that. Right, because that doesn't have direct pit touchage. Like the polo touches my pits, which means that I can wear it one day <laughs> and then it goes in the washing machine. A hoodie, I, you know, I could get away with not washing it well, for a month. So, <laughs> brother, are you, are you saying you don't you don't you don't wear an undershirt? No, no, I don't wear. You don't, wear a, you don't wear a white tee under. I don't wear a white tee. I it it's you're, whatever I'm wearing you're, is. You're straight. Pits to pits to uh to fabric. Pits to fabric. Say. Yeah. Yeah, and Oof. if I wore anything, I, it would be uh it would be a a wife beater, um or whatever the 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 correct term for for that shirt that. We yeah, are we not allowed to call it a wife beater anymore? I don't know if you are or not. I feel like I, I saw something the other day where someone was like, say. "Of course you say wife." Like, we're not allowed to call that that anymore. I don't know. That's, it's it's a very it's a very fragile time that we live in now. Um, but that's what it is. But it is. My wife calls it a wife beater. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna call it a wife beater. Right, right. <laughs> she said it was okay. <laughs> I don't I that was like the the bigger comment I seen in like some of the Twitter mentions uh for from the Wolf of Doubt account and then on the site people were really like what the hell is up with these prices 
And well, they like, had well, them when you don't when you don't release a full when you don't release the Marcus Freeman collection. You were trying to make up for it with this one collection that you don't even have the stock for. It's just it's amazing how how poor the things went. And you know if I think if they didn't, they did a great job of hyping that up. Like we're gonna drop this collection. Like I didn't see them do that before. No. They never, and, they've never done anything like that before, and it was and fun. It really, it really it was worked cool. up. It really worked up a fucking lather with everybody. And people were ready. They, were, they had the wallets out, ready to drop coin, and it just went off the rails. Have you seen? Um, I liked the tweet. I probably should have retweeted it because it was such a good tweet. Um, but somebody went through, and uh, here it is. It was Eric Hiller. So it's at E S Hiller. He's got the the thing, and he goes, "LOL, just switched to Nike." And he's got 15 seconds of him just scrolling through the at Fighting Irish, the you know the the Notre Dame athletics thing, where he just goes all of the time. It, it, he just scrolls through all of their tweets, and all of their tweets go, "Hey, we're working with our partner. Check back soon. Refresh, refresh." And that's all that they did for a solid like. You know, they, they, they sent that message to prob- no fewer than 200 people. <laughs> I'm watching that right now. That is, that is something else. They even got, they even have Lorenzo Styles and was that Jaden Thomas? Obviously, yeah. and got, we got it. We got now it. you're making liars out of your players. Come on, guys. Stock the white hood. Just stock the white hoodies Listen, and put a hat and stitch some numbers. It's bad enough. It's bad enough your shoes are. Are making our guys twist ankles and oh giving your emperor plantar fasciitis. <laughs> it's bad enough, but when you don't have the hoodies that they want, what the hell? No, they can't. They can't sell a stitched, uh, stitched number hoodie or a stitched number jersey, the white hoodie, or put a goddamn hat out. They put a hat out for every single Shamrock series, and I bought I don't know seventy five percent of the ones that they put out, and they didn't do one for this one, which would have been great. But uh, it would have been a white hat, and it would have been nice. Nice golf you know hat. What? You, know, you know what would be smart? Is if people just head on over to Homefield, homefieldapparel.com, and check out their lovely Notre Dame collection. Yeah. Send the money their way. Send the money to our friends and get beautiful gear. And now the hoodies are in stock, and they got triple. They got, uh, they got three X's in stock, which is perfect for my fat ass. Because sometimes I just want a bigger setting. Like, I don't mind the, the form. I mean, I like the form fitting, good good fit. Sometimes you just want just a wee bit baggier there on the uh, on the hoodie. They got them. They got two two gorgeous hoodies there. Got them, got them 3X. All the T-shirts come in 3X. They look good. And right now, uh, Home Field is just, just about to end their big new Saturday season. I cannot believe Ohio State. I, those no, people are just worked up. After the uh, <laughs> homage has 11 pages of <laughs> Buckeye no gear, and I and I, Penn State just crushed the uh, the all time record lap. I don't, uh, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I thought Young Tom State should have crushed it, but I, I could see Ohio State crushing it, which just cracks me up because homage has been there for for all these years with just a ton of stuff, but. The home field gear is what people want, man, what they crave. And it's it's just its own sport now. Uh, and I got to tell you, so, so I, you know, I, I did the whole thing new Saturday, right? 
14 weeks. Yeah. We got 14 weeks coming up. My two passes were Kansas State because fuck Kansas State and Colin Klein. And Northwestern because fuck their journalism school. It's a lot of purple you're passing on there. I know it. I know it. And you love purple. So my, two I love are, my two passes are my two passes are done with. So when when Penn State came up, it was like, oh shit. Like that's a school I'd really don't want a t-shirt from. But at that point I still was unsure about who was gonna be 14th. Remember we had talked about it. We, I I didn't think that they were gonna go the Ohio State route, yeah, it might have been somebody yeah. else. But then it but but it made sense that they would end on like an Ohio State. So, anyways, so I see what the what the Penn State shirt was. I so I just was like, fuck it. I'm gonna roll the dice here. There's a group that I'm on that that trades home field stuff back and forth. Like, Hey, I got this in a mystery box. I don't want this. I'll trade this to anybody else for a double XL, whatever. So I thought I'd do that. But the Penn state shirt was kind of dope. It was a wrestling shirt, which there are in all the big new Saturdays. There have not been, there has not been a wrestling shirt yet. So I'm keeping that one. It's kind of weird for me to have a Penn state shirt, but I wanted one of that one. But now the, so with how state, I mean, it's going to have to come. I'm not going to cancel it. I'm going to get it. I have plenty of Ohio State friends that will make a lovely gift uh, for one of my close friends um, that that are Buckeye fans. We'll, we'll see what it is. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if you're fed up with Under Armour and all that nonsense, but you still need some new gear for the season, head on over to Homefield, homefieldapparel.com. Your first order, you save 15% if you use the code one foot. Get yourself some good stuff. Get the hockey shirt. That's That's my suggestion yeah. to you. That's the one I wear. My home field shirts, the one that I wear the most. Um, For whatever reason, like I think the basketball one's my favorite, like design. But I don't like the the color of the the one. It just it looks kind of weird on me. Um, The hockey one, for whatever reason, fits the best, and just the yellow color, the the leprechaun on skates. The green. It's because it's got that green in there too. It's got the green in there. My, I think it, when it when I first saw it, when when it first came out, the um, the basketball one, the bookstore one, was my favorite. But over time, having worn them over over the period of time, I have to say that the the, the hockey one is the best one. It's the best one. So the only one I don't have is the baseball tee, which I want desperately. I think. Like it's the only one I don't have is, is the baseball one, which is a funny thing. It's just not a baseball shirt when Homefield explained it. It really had nothing to do with baseball. They just they saw there was a frisbee that, <laughs> that had that design on it, and they slapped it on a baseball shirt. But they did do the uh, the yeah, baseball the, team, the, baseball. The, the Omaha Irish baseball shirt. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I mean, I kind of agree with you. The hockey shirt might be my favorite. I mean. Class four Mike is probably my favorite. It's just it's I wear good, it so often. I think I it's I a take, good I one. It's a good one, but it doesn't have the sort of like when I'm out and about the sort of recognition where like I'm wearing it and people are like, you're wearing a Notre Dame shirt. Immediately is what you see when you see like that particular, uh, you know, the, the leprechaun on skates. Which I, 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 you know, yeah, I'm in Notre Dame gear. I want people to know I'm wearing Notre Dame gear. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I'm, I'm a, right now I'm wearing the uh, 1942 uh, Oregon State Rose Bowl Championship shirt. 
And I got to tell you, it's lovely. Homefield loves that orange, and they love to put roses on orange shirts. Because I got an Illinois uh, <laughs> shirt, too. It's orange with two red roses. It kind of looks like I got red rose nipples. Uh, <laughs> a little out there. But, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's good looking stuff. I appreciate them putting the fighting stuff in there with the apostrophe. Still pissed Notre Dame, like, stop doing that. Doing that, yeah. You know they went from they went from fighting to just I like they were just branded Irish for a while. Remember remember that phase? They took the fighting out of it and we started losing. And then it's like, oh well, let's 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 bring the fighting back. It's fighting now. There ain't nothing better than a good old fighting Irish. Yeah, yeah, because they're not fighting. They are fighting. Yeah, they're fighting. You can you don't have time in a fight to get that G out. No, that G is it's a soft G anyway. Unless um, you get that G out, you're getting knocked out. Yeah, unless you, unless you're um, you know from from Western Pennsylvania and you, you hit those G's hard, it is fighting and there is no hardness to the G even to begin with. So, you think that's why Jimmy Clausen got a black eye because he he said fighting instead of he fight, said fighting, fighting and it just it it took too long for him to say it <laughs> and it just popped. <laughs> and that was it. That was yeah, it for old Jimmy. That's a life lesson. For all of y'all out there. Uh, shoot. All right. Well, we said we were going to talk about camp, and we really still haven't. Um, Avery Davis out for the remainder of the season. That yeah. sucks hard. It's, so uh, I guess I, I, I don't think we should gloss it over. What did you expect out of Avery Davis this season? I think that this is something when, I, when people say Avery Davis is out for the year, and this is one of the things that they said in that SI article. This is the thing I glossed over. Um, they go, the season-ending injury to receiver Avery Davis in preseason camp takes away a big play threat. Was Avery Davis going to be a big play threat, Joshua? I believe so. I I had a lot of faith. I mean, I had a lot of faith, hopes, and dreams put on Avery. I know I'm in the minority there, but I really thought a healthy Avery Davis gives you a lot on the field. I just did. I thought not just for for what he is as, as a leader and all that. I just thought he's capable of making big plays. He is a fast player. He he was becoming. I I just felt like this was the this was going to be the year. Like like even a better year than Javon McKinley had in his last season. You know what I mean? Like I just, I, you know, I, we were calling for the Avery Davis touchdown pass. We were, uh, I just, I felt that this was going to be a, in a, in a season where you have a brand new quarterback and not a whole lot of veteran wide receivers. That was a guy that could be a go-to guy. That guy can get you out of some jams. And that's kind of where I that's felt he was at. Like, that's why Avery, Avery Davis is getting me. you out of a shitload of jams. He's yeah. he's getting that third and seven for you. You know what I mean? He's coming like, up that clutch you know, play like against Clemson, where he's getting out. They're, of they're coming down and double. They're coming down and double teaming on Mayer. Da- Davis is the one that's that's getting out there on the linebacker and getting that first down for you. So yeah, or, or, or he's the guy, or he's the guy that opens it up for Michael Mayer. You know what I mean? Like it works both ways there. Uh, so, I mean, I just, I thought, I, I believe that Avery Davis was going to be personally, I felt that he was going to be a big part of Notre Dame's offense. And despite maybe not having like Lorenzo styles, 
expected type numbers. You know what I mean? See, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a big loss for me. I thought, I think it's a, it's definitely a loss. Um, I think for me though, is I thought that, um, he was more situationally clutch than he was statistically important. Um, and I think it's tough to quantify it because when you look at his stats, like even if, if you were to extrapolate out his stats, if he was able to finish out the last three games of the year, cause you know, he went down with three to go. I think it was something like 39 catches for five, five thirty uh, receiving last year. And that would have as a fifth year senior. So this is a six year. So how much better than, you know, roughly we got her five two last year. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. If you extrapolate his stats out to include, so, oh, so yeah. I did that. Yeah. 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 So he didn't have 500 yards, but if you extrapolate his stats out based off of what he did before he got injured, uh, he probably would have had 39 catches for like five, 550 or something like that. Um, as a fifth year player and then as a six year player. But I think situationally he was able to make that, that clutch play in the moment uh, like he did. We will always have maybe the best, the best moment of any, you know, Notre Dame wide receiver short of miles Boykin, um, you know, uh, LSU, the, the catch against Clemson, right? Just the clutchness oh, of slipping, slipping the coverage, getting open down the middle for Ian Book to hit, you know, to, to, to set up the, you know, Notre Dame to win that football game. Um, but I just, I don't know. A part of me just thinks like I'm bummed out. It hurts the depth. It doesn't, it's not going to hurt against Ohio State. Um, it's just one of those. Yeah, like, I think that's. I think you're wrong on that one. I think it does hurt against Ohio State. You think again, so? Again, having veteran leadership as a wide receiver yeah, to help you out in tough situations the on the road first game of the season. I think that hurt. That hurts. It hurts you more against Ohio State than it does against Clemson for sure. I was. I was. I guess my because of because of what because of what and where it's at. of his leadership. Yeah. Because I think that's what he brought most to the team was the leadership factor, and I was going to say that yeah. that. I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not trying to like to make Avery Davis out to be like the second coming of Golden Tate, but I think, you know, what people fail to, I think a lot of times people fail to like realize the value of certain players on the field. Leadership. And because you're looking at, you know, people are constantly looking at stats and all that, but you, you fail to see the value of a, of a player like Avery Davis. And I'm telling you in an environment like, like the shoe, not the big house, uh, Paul no. Feinbaum, you fuck, um, in the shoe, you know, he's again, Tyler Buckner for, he has experience from last year. Right. But this is, you're the man now. Uh, and now you, you know, you need to find, you need to find these guys in these in, in third and eight, third and seven, you know, fourth and that two. Was, that's going to go to Michael Mayer even more so, right? Because it was it wasn't really going to go. I guess he yeah, had the clutch play, but uh, that pass. Yeah, like I said he he helps open it up. He helps open it up for a guy like Mayer. Now, can can someone else slide into that slot and and give it to him? Sure. Uh, but I I just feel like in the when and where this game is, first game of the season on the road in a, in a, in a tough environment, Davis helps you out there in that huddle, helps keep things settled. He does a lot for you. Later in the season, 
maybe it doesn't matter as much, or maybe it matters more because you're you're battling, uh, you know, Knicks bruises. Yeah, that's another, the thing I mean, for me we're, we're, is the Knicks. We were just like one injury away from total chaos. Yeah, we're we're Braden Lindsay pulled hamstring away from Ooh. it being uh, Eli Raritan, uh lined up wide on the reg. Or having yeah, I mean, you mean, back. You mean Zeus? Yeah, Zeus. Uh, according to Chancey Stuckey, who said that um, you know Jared Parker is lucky to have Greek gods in his uh, <laughs> in his room. So I mean, uh, that was a that was a diss. I mean, Michael Michael Mayer is Zeus, right? So, uh, Eli Raritan would be more if um, uh, eh, Hermes. Right, still kind of ripped, but fast. Uh, do you want to go? Do you want to go Apollo? Helios? Do you want to go Helios? Um, I mean, what, I mean what, what, he's definitely he's definitely not Poseidon because you can't come from Iowa. You can't come from Iowa and be landlocked. Yeah, that is certainly not. Yeah, you cannot. Uh, but may, I mean, maybe maybe I mean, Brave Helios. Maybe you could. Maybe we could go balls out and say and say he's he's Hades. Oof. Well, you think of somebody yep. with some speed, um, which is why I went Hermes. Uh, but I think I think if you went uh, uh, Apollo, that would be a, a good one for him. But yeah, absolutely, Michael Mayer is Zeus. If we're if we're assigning tight ends to Greek gods, that neck that neck that neck is absolutely fucking. That neck is just unreal. I I don't I don't think it, yeah I just the only other thing you, you could give Mayer is you know Ares, but he's obviously Zeus already. So. And I don't think Raritan has earned the title of Ares yet. Maybe by midseason. Maybe by midseason we're talking about you know Eli Raritan being Ares, um, but uh, Holden stays. <laughs> yeah, it just we'll have to we'll, we'll reevaluate midseason which Greek gods uh, each of the tight ends is. Yeah, he's not. Uh, Stucky wasn't wrong. It's pretty mm-hmm. damn close. No, he is not wrong. So what do you what's your take on the happy good good vibes from Harry Eastand? Everyone loves it. Um I read an article today I, from I on three uh where Isaiah Foskey was saying um that Isaiah Foskey said that there is a demonstrative difference between last year and this year, and it's on the technical. You don't like that? I don't I don't like happy happy go lucky Harry Eastand. I don't like the reports of him telling the guys good job. You want him to be evil. Like, you want him to be evil, Harry Eastand that that I just grinds him to listen, dust. I think Harry I think Harry Eastand is Harry Eastand, right? He's he was the same guy that he was for, for many, many years. He sure was. And the way that the reports come out, like like he has changed some things and that scares me a little bit. Cause you don't really change things that are good. Like was no. it a force change? Was he asked to be nicer? Because if that's the case, then that I, I do not like that at all. Like I look, I don't mind. Like if a coach wants to tell a guy he did a good job, awesome. But just the way that it's being reported 
the, the difference between he's staying now than when he, his last go around, I'm not sure. I, I can't say I don't like it. I'm just I'm not sure how to take it. Right. I don't I don't necessarily disagree I'm with you. One thing and being delivered something else. But the results that I want. I, I So now that's up in the air a little bit. Because I read the article today about Foskey saying um, how excited he was about the the technicalness, but then that's that's entirely separate from. Uh, you're right. He stand and I was and I kind of thought it was a little bit interesting because like, you're right. He's being like encouraging and not being very mean, and he's supposed to be mean. <laughs> You're the offensive line coach. You're supposed to be the mean fucker. Well, you, not only are you supposed to be mean. That's but your like, whole. That's your brand. You put, uh, you know, every left tackle that's rolled through your shop has been a first round pick, <laughs> and Quinn Nelson is a first round pick, and like, this is your thing. You're supposed to be a mean technician, and uh, yeah, do yeah. You have any? You have any doubts that Joe Alts about Joe Alt going to the first round? No, and I don't have any doubts about Blake yeah. Fisher. Like, and I don't have any. That's gonna happen. I guess. I guess part of the thing too is like a part of me feel like, like a part of me is like I defended Jeff Quinn, and I think that there was a lot to defend about Jeff Quinn. I think that he got an unfair Absolutely. shake from people, and I think that he did an admirable job. Um, it, all you have to do is look at the talents on the roster right now, and just say thank you, Jeff. Look at Quinn. The talents on the roster right now, and. You owe Jeff Quinn an apology if you talk shit about him. You should. The man could recruit. Yes. He did, did he have a difference? Was there a difference in the way that he coached the offensive line? Absolutely. And did the offensive line struggle last year? They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it probably, you know, a guy like he stand probably could have made that work a little better. But Jeff Quinn absolutely could increase the stock talent at a position that Notre Dame recruited well, anyways. And that look what they I mean, just look at the softboards anchoring the sides, man. Yeah. Fisher look at Blake all, Fisher, look at all. It's just thank you. Thank you for that. Um, but I and and I think that there's there's a hesitation to to go all in on he stand because of the way that it that left and some of the stories that, that have been floated out sort of on the periphery. But man, if 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 this talk of the technical aspect and the footwork and the hands and all of this stuff sort of pans out and it's not just and it's not camp fluff and that this offensive line is taken to the next level from a, a reinvigorated um you know renaissance man harry he boy good luck ohio state yeah, and I think that's with Audrey Castamay behind that, and 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 Chris Tyree hurdling hurdling guys with 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 the with the thunder and lightning that they have potentially back there with an offensive line that is now technically sound um, with a renaissance he stand. Um, th- that's exciting. I see. I think more than. More than the technical aspects, which I, I guess I just knew was coming anyways with Eastan, because we've know we, we've already known, we've already seen it. Yeah. But I just felt there was a there has been a lack of anger along the offensive line. Maybe that's because we were so so well endowed uh, <laughs> by Quentin Nelson, you know, Quentin Nelson. Yeah. Uh, dropping dropping tea, ba- tea bags, but it just. 
I need this line to be dirty as fuck. I need these guys to be feared. Now, Alton Fisher, now with, you know, Fisher, that was that much experience, but I mean, shit, he dominated so hard uh, in the bowl game. It's he did. hard to see him now, but like, like Jared Patterson has that in him. You know, Josh Lug have not, you know, can he, can he be, become the player we hope he this year? And I, I, Look, Josh Lug is who he is at this point in his career, right? We're we're just hoping that that the the teachings from from Heesan give a little extra some pointers there and, and move some things around that he's gonna you know increase the play, increase his productivity over there at guard. But I just I need these guys to be mean. I need these guys to be a fucking bunch of dickheads out there, some guys and teabagging them and just being menaces. And even like Zeke Carell, like Zeke Carell seems like he could be a fucking straight menace right now, which is great. Like and I, even I if, Lug, if Lug is, if, if Lug is like average plus combined with the pieces around him, I mean, you're talking about as good a line as they've had in a half decade. Since oh, yeah. I mean, right. At least a half decade as good a line as they've I had firmly. since at least 2017. So they're gonna it's they're gonna be fucking good. I just I need and, them and to be that na- I need them to be nasty. And if that line is nasty, and you have a quarterback who has capable wheels, and you have somebody like an odd like I think Audrey Estime's hype is gonna be through the roof, and I think Chris Tyree and there's just that combination of talent behind an offensive line with a Tyler Buckner. I think that there's a there's a possibility that it could be very exciting. And I don't think enough people are really banking on that. Or maybe they're slowly starting to realize that, wait a minute, this could be very, very, very exciting. Um, and if you want to take down an Ohio State, you just need to go ahead and watch what Oregon and with Tommy Verdell and watch what you know, Hassan Haskins and Michigan did. It's a running game exactly. and it's and it's stopping them in key moments. And if this offensive line is very exactly. exciting, like we think, um, it's going to be a you running think game. Jack Cohen would have took out like a $25,000 personal loan to, <laughs> to, to have this line last year. Right. <laughs> Just right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was a year off because even if Harry was here last year, he couldn't have done anything with what what was dealt. With uh, just the, yeah, the, it was, the youth and and um, inexperience, but and it's just you know it it ended up working out uh, yeah. for this year. I mean, it, yeah, it, 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 it sucked, but I mean now you've, you, I mean Joe Alt was the third or fourth tackle that you end up using. I, on the left Joe side. Joe Alt. I thought Joe Alt I mean, was going to end up being a tight Joe end. Joe Alt was playing tight end for a minute. I thought he was yeah. going to be a tight end. I think we saw him come in in the Toledo. Did he come in in the Toledo game, or was it the Cincy well, game that we saw him? Well, we we knew that he was wearing a tight end number to come out to be like the the extra lineman because they needed needed the block so goddamn bad. I think it maybe was Purdue game. Yeah. Right. Was it Purdue? I can't. Was Car- I can't Carmody start Purdue. I think Carmody started Purdue. Yeah, and got hurt. That's what it was. At any rate, so and all of a sudden he's your left tackle now, and then Blake Fisher, who started the season out of left tackle, now is your right. I mean, there's just and I, and I know that the distinctions between left and right are important, but with a guy like Tyler Buckner, 
who is a lot more mobile than a guy like Jack Cohn, those distinctions, I don't say they mean less, but they, they do, fade. they do, they fade. fade. That's a better word to use. They, they fade a little bit. So now you just have a couple of Greek gods of their own right on the outside there. It doesn't really matter which side they're on. I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, I just, that left side's going to be so fucking nasty with Pat, with Patterson and Alt, dude. It's just, and I mean, lugs, the size on the right side is just incredible. It's, right. And then you got Carell, who's about a foot shorter than everybody else. <laughs> just being a straight menace. Ugh. All right. Um, I don't think we, I mean, if you don't know already, Xavier Watts is not going to get moved over to wide receiver. Probably not. I know that was a big Big thing people started hammering around right away. And I mean, I even I've been saying it since the spring, but they just they're not going to do that. So uh, I know uh, Jaden Bellamy ha- was a freshman. Yeah, maybe Bell- Bellamy makes more sense. like it would just hamstring everything Watts is working toward. Right. And you're only you're again, and it's been pointed out elsewhere. We're talking about a, talking about a move for a guy to be a guy in practice. We're not even talking about like actual game stuff. So I mean, it's just you need bodies for practice. And they're hurting over there a wide receiver. So if you move Watts, you're moving him out of a place, a spot where he could become a contributor to a spot where he's he's just a, he's a practice dog. So you know maybe maybe that's better handled by a freshman like Jaden Bellamy. Um, what else on there? I mean, it's just, it'd be nice to see a full scrimmage. I think it's fucking hilarious that they're going to do a full scrimmage and then have an open practice for the media the following day. Uh, <laughs> that makes re- me laugh. Uh, Ho- hopefully they stay hopefully healthy. Is, oh. yeah, these, hopefully uh, it isn't a bunch of crutches and <laughs> knee braces. There's some competition going on right now. I mean, there are some, like, like, all right, so Brandon Joseph, if you're starting safety, yeah, and then one of them, I am in. I am on camp DJ Brown. Like I am all in on DJ Brown, but it's still DJ Brown, Ramon Henderson, a little bit of Houston Griffith for whatever reason. So those, I mean, those guys got to be battling back there to earn their to earn their spots. I mean, guys are trying to win jobs still right now. Um, the defensive line, it's just basically all about rotation right now. Who's going to, you know, who's going to do well enough to fit into their spot in the rotation. They got plenty of bodies. You know, I mean, I, Isaiah Foskey is not in danger of losing his spot. I mean, your frontline guys are, but it's just like the guys coming off the bench, you know, they're run. They can run three team deep, four team deep, really. So who's coming, who's coming off and when, um, but I would like to see the packages. Like I would like to know, it, it, which is probably the thing we're going to see, yeah. never going to see before Ohio State. No, is, and I don't you know who's coming, who's coming in, and 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 I guess it wouldn't serve us well. I mean, it would serve us well to see those kind of packages, but it wasn't wouldn't serve Notre Dame well to sort of advertise those beforehand. No, no. I, I'm not going to go all Greg and demand <laughs> <laughs> demand the practice footage, right? But uh, yeah, it'd be nice to know. Uh, going in, so I, I like the the first game is always a little, a little nerve wracking. Anyways, 
Mm. And even more so because you're just really not sure, you know. Oh seven, know oh seven Georgia Tech. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Day that I'll never forget. Never uh, forget because because the thing is is even if you know going into oh seven Georgia Tech with the packages were at halftime, it was scrapped. Uh, 2011 USF. Oh boy, yeah, I was there for that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been. I I meant to get it out on Monday, uh, but looks like that. Uh, maybe maybe Wednesday, probably Thursday. I got a I got a story in the works about uh, Notre Dame's season opening quarterbacks over the last twenty five years. So. Ooh, some interesting some stuff. Yeah. Some some interesting stuff in there. I I wasn't going to go too deep on it. Uh but I, as I started just doing a little bit more digging, a little more digging, oh. I thought, "Oh, I'll do a little something do a little something more here than just list off the fucking names." Uh but I just Notre Dame's open, uh season opening quarterbacks from 97 to 2004. I think grew through a grand total of like eight touchdown passes in seven years. Not great, Bob. Uh, yeah, even You're, like we we laugh about the 2007 Georgia Tech game, um, but the 2006 Georgia Tech game was not great for quarterbacks either. No, no, it was not. I mean, even you know, like even the pit game in 05, Quinn still only had two touchdown passes. Which so my question to you is which Notre Dame starting quarterback of the last twenty-five years finished his college career with the most tackles? <laughs> Demetrius Jones, right? <laughs> career tackle, yeah. Well he switched to linebacker. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was actually giving that more thought than I needed. <laughs> Some interesting ones. Yeah, I think so. Ninety-seven was uh, was Paulus. Interestingly enough, uh, Everett Golson is the only uh, two-time non-consecutive year starter. Oh, right, because of the 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 yeah, yeah, huh. and and uh, Tommy Reese. We started only started the uh, season out once. Thirteen. Yep. So <laughs> there's a, there's a, I don't know just some fun things that I that I found in there and it just really it was how bad from from Palace through through Weiss how bad the opening day uh, starting quarterback performed on a passing level. Now, some of that was because. They were just running the shit out of the fuck of the football too, um, but yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't great. Like Jarius Jackson throwing three interceptions against Kansas, not great, Bob. <laughs> no, no. Um, I guess I do want to mention recruiting before we get out of here. Uh, yeah, I mean, say la vie, uh, Keon Keeley, say la vie. Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's, he's good. It's it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, right? Right, right. So I want to make I I want to make a a point that I've, that I've been thinking kind of long and hard about. So when we talk about Notre Dame recruiting, like from the thirty thousand foot view, 
we talk about top five classes, right? Five stars and top five classes, right? Yeah. Okay. So we're all pumped up because Keon Kelly's a five star. Uh, Peyton he Bowen, is. who I think just got a five star on all three. Five star on the composite. Yep. Uh, Jakusa may still end up working his way towards that. Um, and Keeley obviously is. So Notre Dame's been working in that realm. But for me, I think right now, I don't give a shit where they're ranked at. I think the number that I'm paying attention to the most is where there is getting to 300 on the uh, 24-7 composite team rankings, getting to 300 with 25 commits. So I decided I took – I went on, went on the calculator. I took Keeley out. Now, need to add some players, right? Well, this may sound like best case scenario, and hey, it is for right now. I mean, because, I mean, why be a dick about it? <laughs> but say Keeley decommits, or maybe he already decommitted, he just hasn't made it public yet. Uh, but, you know, Notre Dame was, uh, there was talk about them maybe being able to flip a guy like uh, Shandavian Bradley. Uh, defensive end, he's committed to Tennessee right now, but that seemed like that was kind of like a hot relationship there. So it sucks about a guy like Keon Keeley holding onto that spot for a year and a half when, you know, if he's not, if he's not stringing Notre Dame along, maybe a guy like Bradley's in this class now, but at any rate, pull out, pull out Keeley, throw in Bradley, uh, go ahead and give me, you know, Jeremiah Love. Um, I, I'm still not sold that he's going to commit uh, to their name. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and then to get to 25, there's a red hot wide receiver, Tayshawn Lyons, who's a, just ranked as a three-star. So you take those 25 players and the number that their name's sitting at is 295. So it falls short of the 300, like 300 is, a, it, in my mind, 300 at 25 players is, is That's the standard class. upon which you set. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's an elite class. 295 still though is not that bad. <laughs> if you if you want to if you want to like use that kind of terminology, not that bad. Uh, in 2022, 295 would have would have landed you number five. So you see what I'm saying? We're we're looking at a top five class. Right. 2021, 295 would have landed you about third. So this is, I mean, even if Keeley bolts, there is a, there's still a yeah. decent path for Notre Dame. And it's not, again, it's not just the one, it's not just about the one player. And it's what I hate most about recruiting coverage is that just random person who barely follows it just hammers home about five stars. And it's, well, I think what bothers me is that they're not wrong. Like getting five stars is what you want. And it's key to, to winning national championships. But it's just so basic. It's just such a basic look. To just that's the only thing you're fucking talking about. There's no, there's no um, nuance, nuance right, yeah. to 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 roster to filling up rosters to to good project pickups, all that. Like, and again, all we have to do is look at Clemson, who won, who were winning national championships, one to two five stars. The they were year. recruiting, which was which was which was not stacking on the five stars as as of yet, right? It wasn't until after they won their titles that they started stacking on more and more of those five stars. Well, they didn't win. No, they didn't win title. They they needed one to two five stars, and then all around them were three stars. That's how they won their titles. Is they they yeah. had they they had those 
one to two kids that like, especially on their D lines, and then eventually, um, you know, you know Trevor. But they, uh, you know, they had the, the that one to two pass rushers that allowed them to get there, and that's why I don't know. That's why I think Keon Keeley hurts is because you put him in the mix, no, exactly. and we watch. I mean, I watched definitely, the definitely hurts. That's not. We both started watching. We both started watching the Manti doc tonight, and um, you know I'm I'm only through the first episode, but um, like that signing was absolutely. They don't go to the Natty if they don't have Manti in that 12 team, and that's that like generational five star guy that commits to it. And I just and they showed him, and there was a clip where it showed him running out, and there was a. No, I don't think he was a five star, but it's of the same ilk. But Stefan Tuit right there uh, with a clip, you know, they showed a right. clip of him in that first episode. And I was like, there's another guy that's of that like yeah. close to five star level. And Aaron Lynch went in 11, but then wasn't on the, the 12 team. But like you need that kind of you need that kind of pass rusher. And just it is a bummer that, you know, they offer up Jaden Moore or whatever to to to. I guess hedge Keeley, but um, the rest of the class, like you were saying, I think I don't think that just because you lose Keon Keeley that you need to disparage the class, um, even if you don't have the quote unquote five star end. I think that yeah, a, it's just the I blue just chip ratio. The blue chip ratio is still higher than it's ever been. Um, yeah. since 11, right? Yeah, it's in, I mean, it's, it's in the nineties, right? Yeah. So even I mean, if 90, you remove Keeley and you, you swap in something like a Jaden Moore, it's still higher than it's been in, in, in close to a decade. And well, in a decade since at least 13. So the 2020, the, the Keeley situation is just unfortunate all the way around. And it's like that. I'm not surprised by by it at all. Like it's it it sounds like a typical type of type of nonsense thing that goes on in in college football recruiting. It's it's just unfortunate for Notre Dame to have a guy this caliber who you were on early, commit early, and really been like the linchpin of this class as far as like what you're hanging your hat on throughout this whole time. Um, so right because you're going to get you're going to get the pete sampson's of the world and the national writers um who start looking at this class differently because it doesn't have that that headliner right and you know as they should i mean listen as they should rightfully you you, you take you take keely out of this class like look when we were talking about losing keely and bowen and there i guess there's still a case that you know there's still could happen that we lose both. You're starting to look at a Charlie Weiss type class, which isn't terrible, but it's not the class that gets you over that, that hump. Right. And, you know, for everything that went on this off season, you know, so you, you lose in the bowl game the way you do, but everything was being hunt on. The future is now the future is here. We're bringing the future in and look at this class and we're getting, going out and get guys. Then you run into the Dante Moore recruitment and the way that went. And then you got this, you got 
this really good safety that committed to you on New Year's Day. But he's taking every visit he fucking possibly can. Uh, and then you got then you got this five star defensive end that you're in on early that committed to you early that all of a sudden is you know unk unk comes into his life and is like no dog we need to go take a look around and so he does that so it's just it is what it is it's this is recruiting this is what happens and unless you're Texas A&M legit man I fuck Jimbo Fisher and, and the fact that he denies it is, is like it's legal, right? It's basically legal now. It's basically for legal, and he still to, lies about it. For people to pretend that, and the way that they talk about recruiting, they're like, just be real about what you're saying. Like the bags are there. The the, the call my nil deal, if you will, whatever the fuck it is, the bags are there, and they're very real. And look, if you're in that position as a 18 year old or the mother or father of an 18 year old like that. They're even real. Those bags are even realer. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you can't hate on it, but you should at least talk about it in a realistic manner. Like this is what it is. So and that's, and that, that's not to knock on you know, do that instead of knocking on why did Marcus Friedman lose this guy? Well, he lost that guy because he didn't have a suitcase big enough. End of story. I mean, everything else is just, is just, Minor details. So, whatever. But yeah, this class, this class has a chance to end up being just more like a Weiss class. Probably a little better put together though <laughs> than a Weiss class. I, I think it's which, more like a it's it's a Brian Kelly class on steroids. Like it's it's a, a typical Brian before, Kelly class right? that's just a little bit better than the average Brian Kelly class. Yeah. And I just, I, cause a Weiss class wouldn't have, wouldn't have defensive linemen involved or linebackers or anything like that. And have uh, some wide receivers and uh, running backs yeah. coming off knee injuries and uh, yeah. a five-star quarterback. Could have used one of those. Yeah, at, I mean, least it, half, anyway. at least half of his classes. Well, forty hey. percent of his classes had a five-star quarterback. And I, and I still have not seen definitive answer about CJ Carr reclassifying or not. There's nothing definitive that's been out there. No, but he's not going to reclassify. That's not going to happen. No, right? We don't know that. We, we don't, don't know that, that but it's not going to happen at this point. Like, know. when does school start? So school starts in two weeks. The reports are that he's already ahead, anyways. He's ahead, but, he, but I mean, he could he could he could decide he could decide in November. Because it's not like he can enroll early. He still has to he still has to pull out a whole pull out the a whole, whole junior year. So it's not like he yeah. yeah we, there's time. He may I mean he may still end up doing it. We don't know. We don't, I haven't seen anything definitive that has said I am going to stay for you know I'm going to stay for my senior year in high school. It's so crazy to say. Uh, or I'm going to reclassify and go to nerd. I haven't seen anything about it. Definitive. So until I see definitive proof, and then that changes the whole thing right there. Like, he, like that brings your class up. Now, Carr's uh, actually not ranked very high on, I mean, not, he's not, he's he not a five star anymore. He just got a bump, I thought. Uh, did he? I, I thought he 
thought he did not. <laughs> uh, he is uh, on two four seven composite. He is the fourteenth ranked player. Okay. So he's he's but, good. He's nine nine one five. Okay. Okay. Nine nine one five is isn't a. I mean that's that's oh, not in the top yeah. ten of the their, name. Their after. own rankings are their own rankings have him as as thirty three. Yeah, I don't just, expect a massive bump if you, if pretty good. after this season. Nine nine one five would put him at the one um, five would put him as the twenty fifth ever highest. No, 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 no. Now no. Celine and Martin Luther nine nine one five don't don't play in the same division, right? No. Nine nine one five would actually. I think we're getting. He's ahead of Max Redfield. Nine nine one five would actually put him just above Michael Floyd at number seven. So he would be the seventh highest oh, ranked uh, ever decided at Notre Dame. Sounds pretty good. Just he's just uh, ranked right after Aaron Lynch. Keon uh, Keeley's ranked fifth right now overall. By the way, I'll uh, I'll <laughs> to, ask with, him. With, with Notre Dame's all time commits. Cause I'm going to the Dexter uh, Celine football game in Dexter. I mean, it's like a 15 minute drive. I got a buddy who lives ask him? less than a stone's throw from the high school. I'll ask him. I'll ask him if he plans on reclassifying. That's going to be surreal, isn't it? Seeing Lloyd sitting over there in the stands. Lloyd will be there, right? I mean, my brother. My brother works for oh, yes and gonna... delivers uh, to packages to Lloyd every day. If if my grand if my grandson was was this I don't even sure if my grandson was riding the bench I'm going to his games I just am yeah. so hell yeah Lloyd will be there you know he ain't missing yeah. that he'll be there good for I love that Lloyd Carr gets gets a new life in South Bend I'll uh Lloyd Lloyd well he'll enjoy it right I mean just This was built for. I mean, I just don't think Jack Collinsworth is going to be able to to live up to the to the Tom Hammond hype when they have Lloyd Lloyd Carr sitting in did you, Stadium. Did you watch? So let me get let me get your opinion on this. Did you watch the uh, Jack Collinsworth clips I dropped in the the old DMs? No, I didn't. I didn't. So have you have you heard him call a game yet? Yes. Yes. What are your thoughts on Jack Collinsworth? I have nothing definitive. I I think you're gonna love him. He it's from so, the first time I listen for the first time that I heard Jack Collinsworth speak, I knew that play by play was his future in life. He's just and given he, his given his connections and where he went to school. I just at some point I knew that I was gonna have to listen to Jack Collinsworth. Do play by play, and I and I was fine with it. I was fine with it. How many years ago it was that 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 first happened, and I think I'll be fine with it now. I am more concerned about Garrett, yeah, being a wet blanket. Yeah, I I just I guess I'm less concerned with wet blanket color guy because we've always (laughs) we've always had a wet color. I mean. At least he's not a Purdue grad, right? This is the, the, yeah. at least he's not a USC grad. 
Pat Hayden was a USC guy. Pat Hayden, but fuck Notre Dame is bad as any quarterback in USC history has ever bought <laughs> fuck Notre Dame. Like no one, no yeah. USC quarterback no has ever You're- fucked Notre Dame harder than Pat Hayden did. Didn't he score like six touchdowns well, coming out of that the second half of a football game? I mean, like, lighter, like lighter, pu- lighter pushing, bu- lighter pushing Bush into the end zone was a was a was a giant girth uh, <laughs> of a dildo. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, it some gir- there was some girth there. I mean, it, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah. Pat, if I recall correctly, Pat Hayden had one of the all-time second halves against um, yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah, no, Pat, Pat Hayden is a is a real life villain. He is a villain, and they brought him in the booth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's like seeing a gangster in the White House. They just sit there smiling, and we just let it happen. I mean, look, there's I, I, no, I mean, no, no one, no one is going to be Gus Johnson. And I've already accepted that. No, well, no, 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 no one. No one could be. Which no, one will leave, no one will live up to that for you. No, no. But I mean, I just. I guess I'm at the point where, you know, number one, uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually. Through the seasons, I'm up, I'm up at the game, so it's not like I'm watching that I have to listen to this live and deal with this uh, for mo- for most of the games. So it is what it is. But it's just I don't know. I guess I'm pa- past the point. Like I look back at the Hammond days and how much we hated on them, and now I watch those games, and I just I love it. I love it so much because it just it fits with with the narrative of college football where the there, this is there is something wrong here, and it is gorgeous. By the way, I was right. It was 1974. Notre Dame was yeah. winning the game, uh, 24 to nothing, uh, late in the second, yes. late into the second quarter, and Pat Hayden ended up in the second half defeating Notre Dame 55 to 24. Yeah, it's they one of the- 35 points in the third quarter. Fuck you, Pat Hayden. Yeah, I don't understand how people weren't more up in arms about Pat Hayden. And he was so terrible, too, because he was just all about he got that one human interest point from the weeks of interviews and just mentioned it over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again. It was annoying, like just flat out annoying. I guess people should have rioted more. People should well. I mean, people were already upset enough that old mothballs they pulled out. Um, you know, every year they had to pull out Tom Hammond out of mothballs because they only let him out. You know, between the Kentucky Derby and Notre Dame football, <laughs> in the years they didn't have Olympics. I don't know, man. I, I like I like I said. I go back and watch the old games now with with Hammond, and I watch it with glee, just waiting on just waiting on Tom Hammond to be Tom Hammond. To not pronounce names right. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, I think Jack Collinsworth. Um, if you go and watch, I think I put I put some of them. I put some of his clips up there on the old Twitter machine. Um, 
I don't think that he's bad. I think that I think that he has a good cadence. Um, it's a lot like his dad's. Uh, if if you listen to, I mean, Sunday Night Football is my favorite broadcast um, that there is. I like the you know Al Michaels and Collinsworth connection, uh, and I love the Collinsworth slide. But I think his cadence is good. He does the right amount of enthusiasm without doing that kind of faux enthusiasm that you see sometimes from announcers. Um, and I'll be interested yeah, like to that, see how he calls a game for a team that he actively wants to win, which we haven't yeah, had. It's, I mean, like the Notre, the Notre Dame Clemson game is going to be interesting to hear him deal with that. That's the one. But I mean, that's like, my circle game. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not going to hold yeah. it against him for how he calls the UNLV or the Cal game, the Clemson game, or the first time that he has to call a moment of, because uh, he's a Notre Dame fan. He's a Notre Dame grad. Like, this is what we wanted. We didn't, like, this is what, he's not going to be like Brady Quinn where he wants to be faux, um, uh, faux pro. Faux pro. I mean, like Collinsworth is a Notre Dame fan through and through this. Let's just be honest. He got the, this gig and this is what he's working towards to be the voice of Notre Dame football. Like he better be what we want is, I guess, what I'm looking for. Well, I mean, but what do you want? Like, I know I what want I want. Notre Dame, I want a Notre Dame I want a fan. villain. No, I want a like, Notre Dame I, fan. I want, I want, a, he- I want a hero of the hype. Right, yeah, I want a villain for opposing fan bases, like but I want somebody that like to go fuck the NBC broadcast because Jack Collinsworth is a Notre Dame fan, and I want to be like fuck yeah, Jack Collinsworth is a Notre Dame fan, and that's God why damn I'm right he is. God damn right he is. Yeah, I want that's yeah. what I want. Yeah, that's oh, no, we're on the same page. That's what I want. Like, look, Gus Johnson, I just I need I, for the juice. That's that's me out there in Little League. I'm just I'm just yelling out shit. It, it, it's fun. Gus just yell out shit. It's just, it's just fun. I mean, he doesn't even know what he's saying. That's juice, man. That's just excitement. That's fun for me. I, I know that he's not everybody's cup of tea. And I don't give a shit. I love it. But yes, just a little bit. Look, Tariko was a pro. Everybody loved Tariko, but even when he got excited, he was so much held back. It was, it was faux excitement. Like you, you just, just if your if your voice ain't cracking, you ain't excited. I don't give a fuck how good your voice is. If your voice ain't cracking, you ain't excited. I want to hear that from an announce from from the play-by-play guy. And I think we'll get that with Collinsworth, which is, th- which will be fun. I think for for certain we're going to get that from Collinsworth. Then bring it on. Fuck it. Yeah, I I hope that just. I hope every Clemson fan in the country is just disgusted and puking in barrels at listening to Collinsworth. I hope they're just like like writing angry emails to NBC. That's what I want. That's what we deserve, god damn it. No, after all we these need, after all these years. We need it. We need we need Chris Con we need we need somebody who's just like we've put up with enough Purdue and USC alums over the years because BC, uh, yeah, BC Purdue alums because that's what it's, it's been with with uh, um, Mayak was Purdue right 
and then we went Flutie, and he was uh, he was no May- no Mayock was BC. Oh, B- Mayock. So we went back to back BC. Yeah, May- yeah, back to back BC. Flutie, and then Flutie Purdue, or, and then, uh, or Breeze yeah, Purdue. Sorry, Breeze Purdue. Yeah. Hayden SC. Hayden SC. So it's yeah. just been like the the wish they could have gone to ND players. Was it Todd Christensen up there? Was that was that Penn State? What the fuck. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't right. understand it. And then they finally get it right. So, and, and Garrett yeah. was working with him on the broadcasts for the USFL or the USFL. So at least so there's some well, sort of my my, my hope with Garrett is that he just becomes Marty. Like I want Jack Collinsworth to be fucking Bob Euchre, and I want Garrett to be Marty. Major League. Just sort of existing. Just, just fucking sit there. Just exist. Just be someone who exists within the same be realm. somebody in that seat. Just shut up and listen. Uh, be Marty Garrett. Look, I, I, I'm okay with that. I want, I, I am okay with, with him just being, you know, because you're right. The the only thing that I have that's a question is whether or not Garrett is going to be able to have the chops for it. Because I have confidence just in Jack Collinsworth because this is what he's he spent his whole life working towards this moment. Um, and that'll be fine. And I think that of all the things we've talked about tonight, the thing that impacts us the most of all of it is, in fact, <laughs> the combination of Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett because they're going to be there for seven games this year, right? Like a, yeah, it's like a, it's like the innkeeper at a bed and breakfast. It's going to be up close yeah. and personal, right? Right up in it when you're when you're at your most vulnerable. So yeah, I'm right. I, I'm, I'm ready for. I'm ready for Bring it. I'm ready. For, I'm ready for a new era of of. God bless Mike Trigo. Best of luck. But I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to see how this goes. And, yeah, I like um, to freshen shit up. It's gonna be on what Peacock? The first one they're gonna debut themselves on Peacock. No, Not, no, 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 no. You and it's a. Uh, oh no, UNLV is gonna be the Peacock game, right? It's not. Gonna yeah, be yeah, yeah. Though. That's middle middle season. Yeah, Marshall, Marshall will be the debut. Marshall will be the debut, which will be uh, that's great for them to be on NBC. Yeah, good for good for Marshall. Yeah, good for Marshall. You don't have to be relegated to uh, to a network that you have to get Sir Kensington's uh, Gojijan uh, sauce to to get your free three month trial that you never turn off, and and now you have it forever. Like, I will defend. I will defend the Peacock app till the day I die. The Real Housewives uh, girls trip. The wife. The wife is happy with that. Wife loves uh, it. Ye- Yellowstone again. My wife happy with that. AP Bio, fantastic series. It's over. Uh, representing Toledo, uh, Michigan's finest uh, southern city. Yeah, yeah, Michigan's finest uh, city. Uh, it has the. It has all eight of uh, Harry Potter movies on there. Never seen a Harry Potter movie. Uh, you should. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good that they're all just right there. Um, it, it, it's a quality app. It's a quality app. I think uh, 
Was it Peacock that it? Yeah, Peacock is one of the things that got Jude in the hottest of all hot waters on Twitter last year because um, he was very upset oh. that they were on delay. Yes. And the beat, yeah, very- the beat was uh, unapologetically tweeting out the comings and goings of the Purdue game. Yeah, there. I mean, there's a delay as there is. That's why, like, right after a play happens, you'll see like a eight sentence tweet because uh, there's a, there's already a delay. Anyways, but at least it's like the tweets coming out in real time with the with people watching. But the peacock was just such a huge delay. It was like a minute. She could could not. not. And my wife could not. She was like, don't text. Stop texting me. This is enough. And I was like, all right, well, uh, this will allow me more ability to make a fool of myself uh, with, um, you know, for the ND radio broadcast and Greg to to, to mock me. Do you still got your uh, your chart, your peacock charger? Oh yeah, I keep it on the on. The, that's my official charger now of when I need things on the go. <laughs> I forget, I forgot to put that in the car. It's like the emergency charger. I just found it the other day, which is with joy. And it's like, oh man, I got to get up for that. Make, make sure I am I'm in the booth for the uh, in the box of that first game. You got to get that first game present. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. Gotta gotta get it. Which cracks me up. You know, I was thinking when I was telling you about the, you know, email in Notre Dame about our seats. But I totally forgot probably the the reason they moved our seats last year was because we became the stars of the ND radio broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we we were. uh, We were a little bit. uh, I especially in that uh, Toledo. uh, Toledo It It was shortly after that. Uh, an article where I really pointed it out and put it up on there that uh, I think the next game, the seat was moved. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, It's good. It's good to go back and watch those reactions. I uh, do a lot of uh, the lean back, the lean back and the lean backs in the chairs. (laughs) Oh shit. Oh, I think we did our job tonight. I think so. I think uh, next week we might be really getting into it, right? Yeah. And I mean, we are, I mean, I I don't know if you're ready for this, but I think we're staring down the barrel of uh, starting up the two pot a week. Schedule. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the two pot a week uh, schedule, <sighs> uh, pregame, postgame. Yeah, those I mean, it's coming. Like that's, I, I am, I am prepping the family now for, for, for the, the, the life that we're about to have to leave, live with the football season coming. It's, it's something else. Uh, I, mean, I, I just felt like it came quick this year, which is, I mean, which is great. Uh, but uh, it made it really like, like I said, Bone Thugs and Harmony creeping on a come up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I asked my daughter if she for volleyball games. I said, "What are you listening to?" And I can't remember what she said. I'm like, "Yeah, listen to Bone Thugs." Get yourself. <laughs> what are she's Bone like, Thugs? What? She's like, "What?" I'm like, "God damn!" Put a little no surrender in there. You go out there and smack the shit out of the ball. You you failed your daughter if she's not pre gaming her volleyball games with either Bone Thugs or some Mace. Whatever. I guarantee you, if I put on Ghostface, she knows exactly. She she knows what she's hearing. Well, yeah, because it goes different. I'm not, I'm not the parent who ever uh, censored my 
radio listenings around the kids. No, we've never said. Uh, occasionally, I'll like hit the dial and like turn it down when it gets to a to a cuss, a hard act. Yeah, but it wasn't the words. It was it was the content. So like, too short would never be played in front of the kids because that's sexy X rated. Right. Right. But Wu Tang, different story. Huh. You know, what I'm saying like break your neck. It's the content, not it's the content, not the words. I live my whole life that way. Gives a fuck if you say fuck. It's the matter is how you say it. Right. It's like George Carlin, most of us are world in the English language. It absolutely, absolutely. Wise man, George Carlin. That's a great uh, documentary on HBO. If you uh, if you need something to watch before college football season starts, or maybe maybe during it, uh, just to get your mind off of whatever's going on. That uh, that's a good documentary there on uh, on HBO. Uh, all right. Well, you got anything left to pass on? No, nah, I'm good. Okay. I, I, I'm just pounding my brain and thinking, like, I, I, if Jude was here, Jude would have something good to, he'd have a wedding or a, or a birth, or a baby birth. We, we congratulated Philip in the last pod, right? Yeah. Are we yeah. Are we giving so. a father? Yeah. We Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Okay. He claims that Welcome he's going to be able buddy. to get his. He claims he's going to be able to get his kid to a game this year, and I and I laugh and I laugh, laugh, and laugh. I laugh. That's right. That's right. Because I I think I told the uh, uh, the the preparation for the breastfeeding story. Did, did you tell your wife <laughs> that that he thinks he's going to get? I told my wife. I was like, you know, no, buddy, no. But I felt no. thinks he's going to get a wife for the game, and she goes, ha ha, and we laughed and we laughed. <laughs> Just if I like, tell my wife something that crazy, she would think less of him. Right. It's just like, <laughs> oh, oh, you're gonna like that's not, like that's that's just nuts. You get your three, four month year old baby to to a football well, game last night. Oh, I, I think <laughs> what's gonna happen. I think what Phillips gonna. I think like a like a. I think a mom or dad's gonna like. Well, he's got family in town. He's, yeah, got, he's got family got, in town. Right. In town, yeah. Right. So it's not like he's not like they're bringing the baby in there. I don't know. But Jessica Smetana goes around putting out the photos of her being a toddler taking naps inside Notre Dame Stadium. So some parents are just like, this is what we're doing. So, I mean, if you want to train them, train them up two, three months old. I mean, power to maybe that's a great training. I don't know. I mean, I pause at Dylan. Can you imagine? Just <laughs> jumping off the top top rope, dropping elbows on, on people across the crowd. But yeah, bringing kids is rough. All right. Well, that's all we got. Reminder, everybody, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. All those reviews that you leave, we will read on the next OFT podcast. So appreciate you guys listening. Uh, next time should be should be back to the the, the three of us. Uh, Jude's out. Hey, he's doing the the summer concert series, man. He's getting his his kicks in for the season too. So, all right. Well, that's it for us, for me, for Brendan, for our good friend Jude, for everybody over one foot down. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Irish. <laughs> <laughs>